Alright. Everybody. Today is December 18th. And it is presently 7am. And you're all at headquarters. Because yesterday, Emery sent everybody a text message asking you all to be at their house so you all could have breakfast and brief on what's happening. Emery is presently finishing up and it is a big fucking platter, you know, French toast and pancakes, bacon and sausage, eggs prepared how you like them, fresh fruit, coffee, juice, whatever kind of drinks you want. And that's just on Magpie's plate. <laughs> the house smells wonderful, and you haven't quite started eating yet. Blackbird isn't here. Roxanne, you know because you were present for it, and Grant and Steiner, you know because you get told when you arrive. He wanted to go back to his mountain for the last couple of days and just be at home when everything goes down. That's fair. Yeah. And Damrol isn't here either. Magpie is a little unclear about it, but the gist you all get is that he went back to the Feywilds to be with the Fall King while all of this happens. I mean, that's reasonable. His <laughs> The Fall King's parent may or may not fucking die today in the next few hours. Yep. So, it's just the five of you and the cats. And the cats are very underfoot today. Make a remind that I haven't named yet. <laughs> Did you bring the little ermine with you? Uh, you know, actually, it's probably not a super great idea to bring a new animal into a household full of cats. <laughs> I don't know, I bring Otis. Well, Otis isn't yet. Two, if I'm remembering correctly, unfixed cats. <laughs> That's the, the the fixing quality of Milo, at least, is highly indeterminate because he's a cactus cat and who knows how the fuck their reproductive system works. And Ancora is baby. Right. And you don't exactly know a magical veterinarian to take her to. Do we not? I'm technically not op licensed to operate on people, but I do it anyway. <laughs> Listen, I know one in New York, but that's New York. So, uh, what's everybody up to in the last couple of minutes as Emery is putting finishing touches on breakfast? I'm guessing, because this is something I wanted to sort of start with, but I guess, I'm guessing I'm still arguing with Amalia via text message to, no, go to the... Go to the freaking Feywilds for a couple of days, hopefully. I swear. She has basically made clear that you are not winning this argument in any That's... situation other than in person. Uh, well, I mean, it would have started in person, and then it would have been like, look, I have to go to work. I'm going to, we are continuing this through text, and then she's like, you're not going to win any harder <laughs> no, in text. No, we're not. <laughs> Uh, Roxanne is listening to music. No guitar at the table, so she's just listening to music to keep her cool. 
Like on a pair of headphones. Trying to keep your stress low? Yes. Yeah, right no, no big deal. Just fate of the world. Steiner, how about you? What are you up to in these last quiet minutes? Honestly, I'm probably trying to think of a name of, for the cat. If nothing else, or not the cat, the ermine. If nothing else, just to get my mind off things. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm currently, like, the whole thing is like he just produces like light, right? Mm-hmm. Just a fuzzy little flashlight. Yeah. So like, my current best idea is to call them mags, uh, which would be short for <laughs> mag light. That's pretty great. I'm also like lesser option, looking at Slinky, which is a ferret I actually knew named Slinky, a lady I worked with that owned him. Um. And Dio, because for some reason I had in my head that he produced rainbows, um, but I still like the, the name. The German word for flashlight is Taschenlamp, and I do like the idea of this guy, of this uh, Ermine being named that and having a, like a nickname somewhere along the line with that. Yeah. Like Taschen? Like, ta- yeah, Taschen. Taschen is also good, so it's going to be between uh, Mags and Taschen. <laughs> Currently weighing the pros and cons. I like it. I like it. I'm looking at flashlight brands, and one of the brands is apparently uh, Nightcore. So you could name you could name your Ermine <laughs> Nightcore. I could also just kill everyone in the room. <laughs> Nightcore is in a real genre of music, and I will die on this hill. But also, so so are uh, Phoenix and Claris. So. <laughs> Uh, all no, right. it's still going to be between Mags and Tasha. Wait, I haven't even, like, I don't know the gender of this. Well, I, I... We'll figure out how to sex our minds after the, the apocalypse. Yeah. So y'all hear a, a rapping of a big metal spoon on top of the stove, and Emery calls over their shoulder. All right, everybody wash your hands and sit down. I wash my hands. Sometimes sitting down, but I would wash my hands again. It's more a call to move out of the living room and into the dining room. Roxanne just sees everybody else getting up, so she takes her headphones off and turns the music off. And Magpie and Emery pick up all the like platters of food and move them onto the dining room table, and everybody can serve themselves whatever they want as much as they want and dig in and Emery waits until everyone's about halfway through their meal they don't like start the meal with the briefing but once everyone's halfway in they um uh real quick uh well not it's not real quick I want to talk about um the next couple of days uh, with all of you. So, the um, the other three leaders and I, uh, we've decided that uh, we're not going to wait for the 21st. Yeah. We have all of the knives together now, or as many as we can get together without actually going there, and 
if we wait until the deadline, then there's a good chance we take too long. So, uh, we leave today. Okay. What about the DHEA and all of our uninformed reserves? I, well, our uninformed reserves are all tied to you, turning to look to Grant, so... What's, what's your plan here? Uh, I was waiting for you to give me permission to at, to tell them, and I figure that I will tell Sifu Ho that it is okay for him to give all the details and to recruit as many as they are willing to bring over here. Um, he's in better standing with them with them than I am at, at the moment, so I think it'll go by a little bit better if he tells them the news. And then we'll, get, we'll give them coordinates to teleport to when the time's right. Alright. Um, so about them, uh, because you know them better than I do, I need an honest appraisal from you, Grant. I have too, too much experience with old mages who think they know better and will come in and take charge. And I don't want that. I know this, this is a fight that concerns everyone, but we are the ones who are in the middle of it, and I, I, I don't need some 500-year-old wizard who thinks I'm subhuman because I can't use magic uh, coming in here and assuming control of the situation. So, from what I can tell, at least the leader, the, the highest up, seems to be appreciative more of experience than pure raw magical ability because if it was just pure raw magical ability uh, then a certain member that we have in there would probably be higher up on the chain than he actually is so at the very least the leader should listen to you and if the leader is listening to you, everyone else in a sense of tradition will essentially fall in line uh, behind him. Well, if if that's what you think, then that's that's what I that's what I can gather with my somewhat limited uh, interactions with him. But he seems to be the type of person who appreciates experience more than just pure raw magical talent and we have had a lot of experience with this guy well i'll have to take your word for it and i'm going to be exceptionally cross with you if you're wrong i'm going to be exceptionally cross with myself if i'm wrong i'm going to be honest uh and then the 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 dhea you have ashley's phone number so Get that done however you want. Yeah. 
I'll let Ashley know to tell whoever she thinks is most appropriate to give us backup, which will probably mean she's going to go straight to the top, which means we're probably going to be dealing with Arius the Elder as well. Emery just, just kind of scrubs at their face when you yeah. say that. Yeah, but I... Listen, I may not like her, but I trust her judgment. And if she thinks that going to Zachary Arius is our best bet for survival, then going to Zachary Arius is our best bet for survival. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, back to our end of it. Um, the, the rest of the California conglomerate, we are not meeting at, um, Sacramento again. We are just going straight to Petrolia. We are going, we are all going to meet at that same, um, little motel where we were before. And we are, everybody's on their way right now. Um, Maggie and I are going to drive up there because, and they turn and look at Roxanne, um, I'm still not willing to risk it. No, that makes sense. If you had said it, I would have disagreed anyway. Yeah. Uh, so that's an 11-hour drive. So as soon as we're done eating here, she and I are going to get going. And uh, that means you all have about 11 hours to take care of any last-minute business you need to take care of here. And then just teleport yourselves up. Yes, I have a very stubborn girlfriend who needs to be continued to talk to. So that's probably going to be a good chunk of that. My last minute preparations on order, just grab all my stuff, take a few things, and be ready to go, I think. Well, physically at least. Mentally is a difficult question. Magpie puts a hand on your shoulder. None of us are ready enough. We're gonna get there, alright? Hmm. At least this is an excellent breakfast. It means that's that at least. Yeah, it's really good breakfast. <laughs> so, you can all finish up the really good breakfast, and again, you're not rushed. You three in particular, because you can get to where everybody's going instantly. But Emery and Maggie do finish their meals and lace up their shoes, pack up the rest of their things, and Emery stays a little bit back from the rest of the group, but Magpie pulls everybody into a big hug. I will hug her back. Yeah, I'm not turning down a hug. Mm. Oh, um, actually, before you head out, mm -hmm. um, do you want to use my car, rather? It does have the invisibility thing. Just on uh, the off chance. I, I guess, sure. I mean, it can't, I don't see how it could hurt. Is it going to turn invisible with Emery in there? Oh. Interesting question. 
I mean, it's more of an optic camouflage, and I don't think it should affect anything, but... I thought it was all technology-based, is it? Is it part magic? No, I've been running on sort of a fusion of the two for a while. Oh, okay. So long as the the engine isn't magic or anything, so long as me sitting in the 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 the, the driver's seat isn't gonna cause it to break down. It shouldn't if I'm not going to be using it. I don't see why you would turn on the invi- an option of having a potentially invisible car. I I, I guess. I, mean, sure. I don't see I how it would help you, but I also don't see why you wouldn't want it. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, it's a nice car. It is a pretty it's an don't get me to... wrong, I like the van. But it's a nice car. It's an option to have rather than not. I'm just y- Yeah, sure. We'll we'll take it. We'll take it. I mean I'm not going to be using it, so <laughs> Also it has heated seats, which are nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> um I guess that means we'll give you a, a ride back to your lab rather than you teleporting if you you want, because I'll have to drive there to get your car. Yeah, it's it's on the way. It's up to you if you want to just head straight back there or not. Oh, that'd be fine. And then Magpie breaks off to give one final hug to her distressingly friendly pet, and she like full on nuzzles her face into Milo's back. And there, there's like some crackling around her cheeks where the spines are being shielded against. She's like <laughs> burying herself in her cat for what might be the last time. It makes that kind of like energy noise that you see those like big uh, tube lights make. Yes. Just a very loud buzz. <laughs> And then two of them load up into the minivan and... Oh, you know what? Actually, though, I also... I do give Emery a hug, even if it is extremely uncomfortable to do so. I still really feel like we should have gone with the jacket option. (laughs) It is like... If you borderline want to throw up as you hold them, and it is honestly mildly painful and they seem a little surprised that you went in for it but I mean, they're not going to turn down physical affections especially since they probably haven't had much of it since they got those implants I mean look been there <laughs> they do give you a big warm hug back fantastic and then it's just the three of you. Do the menfolk head back home? Or yeah. what's up? Yeah. In the immediate aftermath of their departure. Yes. Um, Grant is going to head back home. And as he's heading back home, first he's texting Ashley, telling her about, hey, uh, get whatever backup you can. Apparently, uh, we're meeting at this place in 11 hours. And then um, he's actually going to, before telling the sect that things are about to go down, he's going to try and get a second opinion on the leader and uh, and such. So actually, b- 
before we get into this, since we're focusing on you, and we are going to get to everybody, I do actually have some things for everybody to handle before we leave. Uh, Grant, you have a move at the start of the hunt that you roll, and you're the only one doing it. Oh, okay. Uh, is it the... Let me get your person with a plan move. Okay. That's sharp? I believe, I believe so. I'm glad I have three sharp because man okay so now the reason why I'm having you do this is because I need to introduce the listeners to a new mechanic that's coming into play in the end game you all might remember me making note of whenever my players spend luck points and me stating that I am keeping track of them on a cookie sheet. Well, now I get to spend those cookies. Oh. <laughs> and we have come up with two ways for me to spend them. I can either spend one to give my players disadvantage, meaning that they roll a third d6 and we use the lowest of the two. Or I spent one to move the degree of success down one step. So, Grant Harrison just got a mixed success. I'm spending my first cookie to turn that into a failure. Oh, finally! I get to explain what happens when there's a failure on this roll. And honestly, kind of, kind of wanted that to happen. Um, so, hold on one second. <laughs> Let me find... Okay, so, um... On a miss, the Keeper holds one that they can spend to put you in the worst place, unprepared and unready. Oh, I just have a fuck you Grant Harrison button. Yeah, you just have any a fuck you Grant Harrison button whenever you want. I can push that at any time. Uh, you can put, oh, I, you actually followed the suggestion in the turn order. I was going to say put negative one at the person with the plan hold. Yep. And uh, for bookkeeping purposes, so everybody can keep track, everybody is starting the end game with ten cookies. Okay, Grant so now has nine. nine. Now I have nine. Okay. Alright. So, Grant, you are consulting your master. Yes. Uh, I do so believe that's a move that requires a roll. Yes, it is. So, mentor, I roll... Sharp. Mm -hmm. 11. So that's uh, on a 10, I get answer to my question, no problem. Okay. So you can ring up Sifu Ho. It is a mere 10 a.m. on the East Coast. Yep. And uh, I'll go. So we're moving to take care of everything, and I originally thought that, you know, we should probably tell the sect what's going on, but, um, real quick, I wanted to get a second opinion before I invite them and if they try to take over everything because they think they know better. Is John the kind of person who prefers experience with a matter over pure raw talent like I think he is? Yes and no. Not so much experience with a matter, but experience altogether. Life experience. Okay. Alright. 
so he would potentially defer to Emery in the case against the Pale Rider when we go up to fight them. I wouldn't put good odds on that. Master Zhuang is older than I am. And though he spends much of his time now in the Forbidden City meeting out policy, he has lived a full life as a hunter. However, it wouldn't be a bad idea to get some of them involved. Okay, um, you are in better standing with them than I am. Can you, uh, I'll, I'll give you the coordinates for where we're supposed to go. Can you get them, uh, can you get who you can over and we'll probably explain everything when they show up? Yeah. Alright, uh. I've got a couple of people I think would be good to send your way. Alright, cool. Uh, in that case, I will let you get on that. I will text you the location shortly. Grant? Yeah? Come home after this. I was planning on spending exactly a year in L.A. Oh. Regardless of how long you were expecting it, I... I'm not talking about having you move back here. I want you back in the city. I haven't seen you in so long, and I can just tell by talking you have changed so much. I would like to sit down with my old apprentice and see what kind of man he's become. I'll see January 4th. Very good. And he hangs up. I hang up as well. Alright, so... Roxanne or Steiner, who are we looking at next? I'll do things. Alright, Steiner, you get back to your lab. Is there anything in particular you want to get up to? Well... Um, first of all, I gotta give Morton, you know, the heads up that, hey, Stitch's gonna end for the day, so be at the ready. I got the forge fired and up and going. Yep. Just stoke that, just keep that up and ready. He will do that, and he will also find a way to get word to the fall court to have Qualia like be in a position where he can go get her, and the two of them could just be here, ready to make it happen. I appreciate that. Um, second, um, I'm just kind of like bagging up, you know, just like getting in, backing up the healing stuff I made. And while I'm doing that, I, I mean, I guess I gotta, I gotta talk to. I, mean, I gotta talk to myself. All right. He is very present. Oh, so, looks like we're going to go ahead and move today. And, um, well, I mean, the odds are stacked. Well, I don't actually know where the odds are stacked. We have help on our side. But if this does go bad, 
I want you to pop into your chassis and just make for the Deadlands. He won't touch the Deadlands. They're beneath his notice. Find the Coven if you can. Tell them what happened. They'll at least want to know. And perhaps they'll let you stay with them. It's... It would be the best shot you have. Are you... certain? No. But... If we don't... If we lose this, there's going to be nothing left. This is going to be a best shot at survival. I see. I am... This is a worst-case scenario plan. This isn't, um, my ideal situation by any means, but this is, um, if things go wrong, this is probably your best shot at doing anything. I would say the Feywilds, but I think even with the infinite expanse of the Feywilds, he would be able to track you down. I am not altogether certain how I would feel about existing without you. Well, that's a bridge you can cross when you come to it. If you come to it. Listen. Do this for me. You are my son. Carry on in my stead if ever you have to. You can figure out what you want from there. But if things go bad, get out. That's all I'm asking. Very well. For you. I will do that. Roxanne, what do you get up to as soon as everybody's gone? Well, I don't really have anybody, like, here that I, uh, feel like I should talk to. So I'm actually going to be spending the uh, time that I've got. Oh, that sounds so dire. The time that I've got left. <laughs> um, that sounds way more dire than I wanted it to sound. The time that I have until we start. I'm actually going to go to Lyceum and, you know, just... I don't know. Just see the angels. I don't know. I might, like, stop and visit the witches before I leave. Just to be like, I'm going. Uh, hell, I, I might just fuck around and tell them what's going on. Who knows? You are definitely going to need to go pick up Margaret. She has to be there for the forging. Oh, yeah. I should probably, like, pick up Margaret in advance then. Yeah, that that's actually something that, like, has to happen early is... Roxanne, you can go pick up Margaret, take her to Steiner's lab, and Margaret can just, like, get some fistfuls of Steiner's crown and just, like, like have them ready to go. Yeah. Does this coincide with, like, Emery and Magpie stopping by for the car? Does these, uh, do these events line up? It can, if we want them to. I think it would be nice if that were true. Okay. So I'm just like talking to Magri. Ma- Magri. 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 
I'm Captain Emery here. Fucking Emery and Magpie. So these are your. I, I whipped these up a couple of days ago in preparation. They're pretty simple. You press. You depress this button, and then just a simple injection, like an EpiPen. Um, and then I guess the rock. That's the point where Roxanne just teleports in. Just you know. <laughs> just a pop, and I'm there. Ah. Hey. We're just having me sit here for a while, then. I have some books. I mean, <laughs> she, she gestures at Morton and also at the ceiling. It's, it's not like I'm lacking in company here. I just wanted to make sure I understand. S- seems to be the plan. All right. Get, a, get that thing going for me so I can get it, get it going. I don't know if you get hungry, but um, if you do, Lunchbot is stealth with that. He can make you very, make you simple. He's not going to whip you up souffle, but he can make you a mean grilled cheese. I only really get hungry when I want to get hungry, so I don't know. Maybe once my job is done and I don't have to keep handfuls of starfire, I can get a snack. Sure, why not? Hmm. I also have audio books. <laughs> I mean, you know. Once we've got the knife, like, finished, might still be able to, like, take you down there if you wanted to get out with, you know, a world-ending entity. Huh. That's a thought. I'll have to pros and cons that one. Yeah. Pros, it would be awesome as hell. Con, I might die twice. I might (laughs) double die. I've watched somebody double die. It's not awesome. I might double die physical challenge. The the con that she actually lists is that if things go south, she doesn't want her coven to be without her for the rest of eternity. Well then bring them. You're not gonna bring Hildy and Agnes into that fucking war zone. It's mostly joking, but yeah. Point. Uh, second con, like, uh, if Abel sees, like, an undead witch, just, like, there, and we lose, he might be like, you know what, I should go check the Deadlands just to be sure. Hmm. That might cause a problem. So, like, I can see two big cons for this. As awesome as it would be to have, you know, have her on our side. I'm gonna vote no. I was just presenting the option. It's really up to her. I mean, yeah, it is her choice. Like I said, she'll think it over. And uh, so, once you've dropped her off, Roxanne, what's next? I guess I'm going to Elysium. I've All got right. one thing to talk to somebody about, and also, uh,. I totally should have, like, actually mentioned this to you beforehand. It's not a big thing. It's just, like, a thought I suddenly had last night. But, uh, I want to talk to... Notcher. I'm going to stop calling him the Blind Air, because that's a boring name. (laughs) Well, if you're just teleporting directly to them, they are highly available to you. They are... Sitting on the little dais 
where their crystal pillar was before. It, right. When you teleport in, the crystal is gone. Whatever sort of janitorial staff they have in Elysium finished up. Now they're just kind of sitting there. Hi. Just a couple hours left. Well, not a couple, but you know. We do not have long before things end. One way or another, yeah. One way or another. I've got a question. Um, there's something I want to do. Yes. And it comes down to this. The, um, the amber that you store all these, um, I guess they're all souls in. Does it only work on things that are dead? We have never attempted it on something that is alive, but we do believe that it is specifically calibrated to keep the effects of the cleansing planes from touching these souls. And since the cleansing planes do not touch living things, we do not believe that it would work that way on them. Okay. Was there something you were meaning to accomplish? Yeah, see... Here's the thing. Do you remember those two uh, parts of me that were... Uh, that Adel took out of me? Yes. I reached out to one of them to try and convince her. I figure if she has free will, then I can talk to her as one Roxanne to another and maybe convince her. And I'm still working on that aspect, but the other one has been, um, to my understanding, kind of locked away from me. And I figure maybe I could just, rather than having to kill both of them, I could convince one and I don't know. Put the other one in stasis until this is blows over and we could just talk one-on-one. -on -one. But if that's not going to work. We believe we may have a way of facilitating this, although with as little time as we have to enact this idea, it will be very close and unstable. All right. Well, if you can try, I would appreciate it. I... Maybe this is naive of me. It doesn't sit right with me that there is this, I don't want to say version of me, this 
part of me, this person that used to be part of me, because I, you know, I'm fully different without them, and they are fully different without me. That is committed to this. It feels like it's not something that any of us would have wanted, and I want to give them the same opportunities I've had because it's basically just luck that it's me instead of one of them in a sense, you know? I, 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 I get that it's it, I get that it's there are more important things it's just you know, if, there, if I didn't have to fight two more people, I think that would make my life a lot easier also We understand and we will absolutely begin working on this for you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You, uh, I mean, you know how to signal me if and when things are ready. Yes. I really appreciate it, though. Um... I guess we're both kind of difficult to work with sometimes. We feel you may be understating our difficulties. Well, I guess I'm just going to have to make it out of there so we can hash that out. Sometime when it's... There's not this... Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm lacking a turn of phrase. Sort of Damocles? No. We understand. Yeah. Um. And we do not foresee ourselves ceasing to exist soon. So we will be here. Yeah. And we'll have a real conversation about this. Yes. I'm going to leave you to, I'm sure you have a lot of work to do, but I'm going to leave you to that and see how everyone, you know, else is doing. I feel like I don't spend enough time with them. They cock their head and then raise their arm and kind of wiggle their fingers in a way that looks deliberate. And they bring their hand back down. We have called your specific coterie to the front. <laughs> coterie. Oh, I, I appreciate it. I probably could have found. You know what? Thank you. I'm just gonna go off on my own then. They don't call after you as you leave. <sighs> just as Roxanne walks away. She just mutters under her breath, like, oh man, wouldn't it have been weird to, like, offer them a hug? I don't know. <laughs> if I don't know if our relationship is, like, that. Because, like, you know, I don't... I don't... <sighs> anyway. Anyway. We are going to go back to Grant before we do this meeting. Okay. Grant. Yeah. You're heading home. Yep. Or you're at your apartment now. Yep. Uh, 
and head inside. Amalia is in her pajamas, sitting on the couch, sipping at something. You've never known her to be a day drinker, but that looks like it's got alcohol in it. Okay. I immediately go over and I say, listen, I just I just want you to go over there for a couple of days. It doesn't even have to be spring court. I know you've got friends in the other courts. I'm sure they wouldn't mind you housing you for a few Earth days. And what's the point of this? To keep you safe. If we fail, if we can't do this, I... Not that I'd be living with myself anyway, but I... I want to know that you are absolutely safe while I'm out there trying to save the world. And I want to know that if I fail, then you won't die too. She gives you a real hard look. And she puts her drink down on the coffee table, crosses her arms, leans back on the sofa. Grant, I want you to think about something for me. This guy you're gonna go fight. What's he like? He will do absolutely anything that he can to get his way. But the thing is, getting his way means killing humans. It doesn't mean killing people over in the Feywilds. The worst, over in the Feywilds, he won't do an entire genocide, which is hopefully what is going to be keeping you safe. So, he has a problem with humans. You don't think he's going to have a problem with Faze who chose humans? See, here's where I'm at. Is... I've lived on Earth longer than I lived in the Feywilds. And... Moving here was a rejection of the fake wilds, of the courts, of how they do things. I rejected the courts. And he made those, right? You told me that? Yeah. So, here's how this looks to me if I stay here. In the best case scenario, you come back in a couple of days and everything's fine. In the worst case scenario, I die on the planet that I love, surrounded by the humans that I chose. The life that I have made for myself. If I go to the Feywilds, best case scenario, I'm just gone for a couple of days. 
Worst case scenario. You fail. Everything I've known, everything I chose for myself, dies without me there to see it. And I get to sit there and wait for this unstoppable godling to show up and start a pogrom against people like me. Grant just sits there for a really long time puts his face in his hands. Then grabs hers and says, I understand now. I love you so much. I love you too, Graham. And I love this planet for all of its faults. I'm just afraid of losing you again. Not, I, I don't. I just don't want to do it again. It almost. It ruined me the first time. And I don't want to have. I don't want to have it again. Even if I'm not there for it, I don't want to have it again. Hey, hey, think of it this way. Think of it this way. The only way I'm going to die is if you have also already died. And that means that. We just have to find each other in the Deadlands. That stupid gray, lifeless plane can do all at once. I will not forget you. And it's at that moment, Grant, that the brand on your face lights up. And we swing back round to Steiner. I'm excited to get into whatever depression we're about to sling at me. <laughs> Shortly after Roxanne has left and everybody's getting everything squared away for the big weight and then the big forging, you get that little, like, feeling that... Cam's about to show up, and then Cam shows up. Can I just, like, be facing the direction he's going to appear as, like, uh, this is how far I've come? I have learned well, my master. Absolutely. And he actually, like, blinks his little cloud of eyes and, like, reels back just a little bit. Nice work, boss. I've had an excellent teacher. Huh. Well, shucks. So, um, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. And he puts his hands behind his back and just kind of paces about the room a little. The little master doesn't actually have anything to give you today. Hmm. I figured that. Well, if they knew what was going to happen, then this whole thing wouldn't. Yeah. The, there's too many variables, they said. Too much going on. Can't pin anything down to give you. But, um... 
Well, I'm a little bit more of a free thinker. So, how's about you take a seat? I've got um, nothing but time right now, so... Uh, a chair. And I turn around and I sit in it backwards and they're like, let's run. He walks over to you, puts his palm in the center of your forehead like he always does. And, uh, Colin? Chloe? Yes? Deafen yourselves. Oh, okay. Steiner, as the palm connects to your forehead, you... I can, as always, feel your consciousness kind of slide backwards a little bit. And you enter the vision space. Whatever it really is. And the image resolves quickly and it is quite clear. But it doesn't quite make sense. You are in your body. You can tell that. And you are looking out through your own eyes. And the space that you're in doesn't really seem to look like anything. It's just kind of dark in a way that doesn't convey any information. You're just in a place. And you're not alone. Grant and Roxanne are there with you. And the three of you are all standing in a little triangle formation, facing inwards. You can see them. And the two of them can see you. And in the middle of this triangle, there is a sword. And it's not your sword. You've never seen this sword before. It appears to be a single piece of a gray metal, maybe silver, maybe steel. Who can say? But it is long and thin, and it is floating point down. And... The cross guard and the hilt of it are ornate images of twisting fire and tree branches woven about each other. But the blade itself is simple, long, thin, and sharp. And you, and Grant, and Roxanne each have a hand on the handle of the sword. And you are all looking at each other. And you know the expression on your face matches theirs. That is one of solemn determination. And once you fully take in this tableau, It fades, and you are back in the waking world. Cryptic as always. And as always, you'll know what it means when you get there. As always. Well, I do appreciate it. Um... not really do anything for the next um, nine and a half hours. Do you want to just talk? Sure. Cam will pull up a second chair and sit down across from you 
and the two of you can just talk until everybody else is ready to go. Roxanne. Yes. You step outside of the great cathedral of Elysium and your little group of five is just kind of hanging out outside. Nice, 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 nice. I need to make sure I have all of them. Group of five. Hmm. Did you delete some of the NPCs from the Elysium NPCs list? Weird. I'll fix it later. Yeah, okay, it's not a big deal. I was just trying to make sure that I remembered everybody who would be there. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Yellboy and casual and post-its and bad news and emergency. Yeah, okay. You got them all right in my head. I'm just like... I don't know. <laughs> you know, it, it feels weird. You all just like being here to see me. I didn't know really I have anything in particular to say. I just like... I just wanted to see you all before I have to go do this, you know? Yellboy floats up to you and butts his head against your flank. Would it be rude to pat him on the head? Do as you like. Mm. Can I just, like, scoop him up in a hug? He's a bit too big for that. Damn. <laughs> you can be bigger. Bigger. <laughs> <laughs> if I become bigger, can I scoop him up in a hug? <laughs> it might be a little bit tough. He's like adult male lion sized. Mm. Dude, that sounds like a challenge. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I don't know. I <laughs> Roxanne's hand like lingers in the air for a second before she just decides, fuck it, and just like pats y'all boy on the head. <laughs> and he digs his face into your flank a little bit harder. And then the rest of the group approaches. A golden hand holding a stone tablet floats down in front of you, and in it is etched. We're all very nervous about what's happening, but we believe in you. We know you can do it. I'm going to be really meta and say, yeah, it would be a really bad ending if I just up and died at the very last second, wouldn't it? But no, no, no. Um... <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I, I don't plan on dying at the end of all this. I've got better things to do than get killed by some fucking genocidal scumbag. <laughs> Casual chuckles and claps you on the back. That's a spirit, kid. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Any advice? Want me to pop him on the chin for you? Yeah, give him uh, give him two for me. I think he needs the extra. I pop out my extra arms and I'm just like, all right. Any other requests? 
and then bad news steps up and kind of like maneuvers with the second partial body that's sticking out of his torso so that it's like shoved out of the way oh (laughs) he puts his hands behind his back and he just kind of regards you for a moment Roxanne Harrison. Yeah. To some degree or another, the five of us have been aware of your existence for thousands of years. We have watched you to varying degrees for your entire life and some of us have been present in it in ways that have been concealed from you but I believe I speak for all of us when I say that there has been no greater purpose to our existences than in helping you reach this point. You have suffered and you have triumphed and All of it has led you to be you, person standing in front of us. And for my own part, I will say quite conclusively that I am so very proud of you. I don't really know what to say to that. (laughs) Thank you? I mean... That doesn't sound right, you know? Um, I appreciate... I know I haven't always been appreciative of everything all of you have done and whether that is warranted or not is an entirely different discussion that I don't want to have today but I couldn't be the person I am if not for all of you and I hope I can live up to being the kind of person that you think of me as. Emergency steps up this massive seven and three quarters foot tall, three headed, four armed monstrosity, puts two hands on your shoulders and the other two hands on your forearms and just kind of like 
gives you a little squeeze. You really couldn't be anything less. Thanks. Thank you. I don't really have anything else to say. <laughs> that is quite all right. I would suggest you head home in short order. There is somebody who would like to speak to you. Okay. <sighs> Alright. Well then, I'm... don't have a lot of time to waste, so I'm gonna get going. I'll see y'all when I see y'all. And I'm gonna pop home then. Yep. And shortly after you appear back in the living room, there is a knock at the front door. Oh boy. <sighs> I have a Grant. feeling. <laughs> <laughs> you are a bastard. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is why I ignore <sighs> Duty fucking calls. I head to the Feywilds and I get on a knee and I say, Calls, McQueen. Yep. And. The summer court is in a bit of a state right now. It's still got the party atmosphere, but it's it feels incorrect. It is the uncanny valley of a frat party that is going on right now. It's like the, the party where they know someone has called the cops and it's just a matter of time before the cops show up, but they're going to keep partying anyway. A little something like that. And as you kneel before Tarira and ask what do you fucking want, she tells you to stand and follow her. Alright, I do so. And she leads you back into the palace through the garden and into that, you recognize the same little side room that she took you and Steiner into when you got her blood. Okay. She ushers you in, closes the door, locks it behind her, and she stands up straight and regal, tells you, I have decided on the cost. I'm afraid you have me at a loss? I told you that I would be requiring some recompense for giving you a powerful spell catalyst. Oh, yes, that. Yes, that. The few depictions of my sire that remain. Depict them with a crown. I want the crown. I will do my absolute best to do it. There's a lot of moving parts 
at the moment and we're about to go handle him now so it's going to be rather short notice for everyone else for me to tell them this but I will guarantee that I will do my best to get it for you and if I don't well I'm sure one you'll punish me appropriately and two you'll think of something else that I can do for you I'm glad you understand I, I, I promise that I will do my absolute best to bring you the crown rather get you the first thing you ask than the second very good that was all. Okay, uh, yeah. I'm gonna go let everyone know that then. Uh, thank you. She unlocks the door and steps out of your way so you can leave. Yep, and then I will, as, as soon as I get cell, cell signal back, I text everyone in the group, Hey, Tarira wants the crown. I kind of want to give it to her because I don't want to piss her off, but she wants the crown. Maggie sends you a thumbs up. Okay. That's not who I was worried about having to argue about it with. Honestly, I was I was more worried about the the organization of mage knights who like to hoard magical items. Well, you don't know who's coming, so yeah. if you can't exactly send out text messages to yeah, them. Yeah, I, I know, but that, like, I, I know I don't know who's coming, but like, I figured the ravens would be the easy ones to, uh, to convince. It, it's, in order of least to most difficult, it was going to be ravens, D-A-T-A, Wushi's Yusha. Well, you'll have to cross those second and third bridges when you come to them. Yep. I'm gonna take a look at my um, my text messages to see if Ashley has given me any updates on uh, on the DHEA front. Nope. Okay. Fair enough. I I figured she wouldn't. I figured that's going to be a thing where when they come, they will be there. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of being summoned by the Fae, Steiner. Alright. In the middle of your conversation with Cam, Gregory pipes up and says that he is receiving a transmission from the Winter Court that Queen Wenrine would like to speak to you. Well, this is going to be a good conversation. Alright, I best make my way over there. Bad form to deny it. Go through the rigmarole to get to the Winter Court Palace. And when Rhine is sitting on her throne, and on one of the arms there is a small box. Looks like a very ornate music box. I'm not gonna ask, go get to it when they want to. <laughs> I just, you know, give give a bow and I just I'm and then I'm waiting. <laughs> she 
motions for you to step up to the throne, and when you do, I have... I believe I told you previously that my siblings and I were putting something together. Right, I do remember. Yes, okay. I'm glad I'm not misremembering. We have finished it. She reaches over, picks up the music box, and then holds it out to you. If you could, I know that... I know that the relationship between the two of you is... fraught. But if you could give this to him... before everything starts... I would appreciate it. Alright. I can do it, yes. Thank you. That was all that I needed you for. Good luck. I know you don't have much time left. Thank you for your well wishes, and I will do my best to deliver this to him. And just go. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't look like she's expecting a big, long conversation from you, so you can just turn around and leave. Just for the record, I'm not gonna open it. I'm not gonna look at it. I'm just gonna... If she asks me to deliver a thing, I'm gonna trust her. Look at you being all respectful. I'm not like other members of this group. <laughs> regularly piss off the Fey royalty. I don't know who you're talking about. Are you talking about, about me? <laughs> I love that we had the same reaction. No, if he was talking about you, he would have said other members of this group who are insatiable curiosity goblins who have to poke at all the secrets. Hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know what it is. is. I'm assuming this is some sort of, like, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't want to this mean between them and Adel. It's not my business, honestly. Right on. I will deliver it to the hands of Adel. Or at least I will set it down fairly close to Adel and then back away quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you without asking you to roll for it that you can tell from her demeanor that she doesn't feel bad about giving you this box, so this probably isn't some kind of trap or anything. I'm not gonna lie, the thought did cross my mind, but it's like, yeah, I could check this to make sure it's not some sort of weapon that will give idle power, but that would be really rude. God, could you imagine <laughs> all this fucking rigmarole to get their goddamn blood, and then they turn around and do this? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Last thing before we really start advancing the timeline. Speaking of the curiosity goblin. Roxanne, there was a knock on your front door. Oh, I answer it. You haven't seen her in fucking months. Honestly, I can't even remember the last time that Alyssa Crowley showed her face, but 
It's uh, Alyssa. It was, it was before the transformation. Oh, I was gonna ask where the fuck Alyssa was, and then I straight up forgot. <laughs> you should update this hand. Up. She's 18 now. She's been 18. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like. <laughs> oh, hey, Alyssa. What's up? Hold on a second. Now you've got me thinking about it. <laughs> You're going to go in and change it so it says that Alyssa is 18 now. Turns 19 yep. in May. <laughs> Turns 19 in May. <laughs> Would she be a high school graduate by this point? Would she be a college student by now? I believe she's been out oh. of high school for a while. Yeah, she graduated back in May. There was a whole fucking event when she turned 18. <laughs> That you she may not remember, classroom. but I remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is at the front door now. After so, so long. The last time you saw her was the psychopomp. Was it? That was it. God, that's yeah. a long time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, wait, I thought the last time we saw her was the um because i know she's gone with emery and magpie no, the, last time, but the you... last time we saw her was the fucking slender man right yes yeah. she was present for some of that yeah she almost fucking died that was yeah the she almost deal. died i had to, like i i made a big old to be thing honest to me. yeah i gotta assume that was the reason she wasn't hanging out with us anymore she's like <laughs> oh shit this actually sucks yeah this actually <laughs> i'm gonna take close. my cool um Fucking pile driver gauntlets and just hang out. I don't know. <laughs> no, Shit. no. She. So, at, you know, I've got so many fucking NPCs here, and I don't want to like play out every single day in real time. So All I don't right. get to cover everything that happens. She's been around. Like she has continued to go on hunts with Magpie and Emery up in the high desert. But you haven't had like dedicated interaction times with her since Slenderman. Yeah, I just... I say, oh, hey, Alyssa, what's up? Hey, um... I just haven't heard from any of you in a while. I... Is everything okay? Out of character, I forget, does Alyssa know about all this business? I she would have to, wouldn't she? Does I know? Oh, oh, if she, she was, if she did, she would not be asking if things are okay. Right. Okay. So I guess. I mean, I just assumed it was, you know, either Steiner, considering Alyssa is like, sort of Steiner's like, weird, mad science apprentice in a way, fighting wise. I'm the one she latched on to. Well, yes. That's because you were the talky one at the time. Anyway. Anyway. I mean, fuck. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yes and no, respectively. Some shit is up. Knowing everything is not okay. Um, It's not like an emergency right this second kind of thing. But hold on. I've got to send a text off. And just in the group chat, I just say, like, you didn't tell Alyssa? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> And then you get back from Emery. Oh, shit, no. Can I tell her? <laughs> we haven't gone on any hunts in the last month, so she just kind of fell off of our radar. We've all been busy. 
<laughs> yeah, go ahead and tell her what's up. Although, probably don't invite her. <sighs> that, that annoyed grunt just like... There's a bunch of fucking consonants and vowels. It's not like key smashing, but it's some approximation of annoyed comes across the, the group chat. There's no way you can tell this girl that the world is going to end, we have to go fight the big bad guy, and also, you can't come, but she will accept. <laughs> okay, so, sorry about that. I just had to, uh, get elected as messenger for this. Uh, long story short, uh, we're trying to stop the apocalypse gonna start with that. Like, I don't know if you need time to process that, because I'm not being euphemistic here. Um... So, so are we talking, like, a meteor is gonna hit the Earth, or, like, a black hole is gonna open up? Like, a really evil guy, and we have to go kill him. Okay. Like... I'm sure... I think maybe Steiner or Magpie or Emery might have told you this, and if not... Add that to the fucking list. Um, so like, there's two other dimensions connected to ours. Yes, I've been to those. Right. Okay, I remember this. Okay, sorry. I, I've got a lot of shit going on right now. I apologize if like if I don't have anything like in my head right this second. Um, no, I understand. You're apparently going to try and go solve the apocalypse. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you. So, basically, the fucking George Washington of the Fae, uh, turns out he's been locked in a cave in California. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, the guy who started all of the shit over there in the Feywilds has been locked in a cave with a big-ass uh, a worm with a Y, you know because why not? Uh, and my apocalypses, prophecies, uh, we've been preparing for it for a while. Um, we know how to kill him, and we're getting ready to go do that. Uh, Emery and Magpie are driving off to where he is, and uh, I guess it's my job to drag Grant and Steiner there once everyone else makes it there. So yeah, that's... I, I mean, if you need more details, I'm just trying to make this simple, because, like... Uh, it's a lot of bullshit. It sounds like a lot of bullshit, yeah. Is there anything I can do to help? Because this kind of sounds like a big deal. Well, if you're asking if you can come along, I've been specifically told that, to tell you no. If you... Huh. Yeah, I'm... Last time a lady got cut in half. Yeah, um... Fuck, you remember when Emery was, like, uh, recovering for a long time after uh, that big meetup that the rest of us all went to. Our heart, yeah. 
Yeah, that was because of this. Uh, huh. So, it's bad news. I studied some real heinous kind of magic just to learn how to heal those kind of wounds. It's capital B bad news. So, is this one of those I'm way out of my depth and I need to stay at home kind of things? It's, it's okay, so I've I've watched enough movies that I feel like you're you're telling me that if I go, I am going to be like the weak link that gets targeted that people dive in to defend and take lethal blows because of. Yeah, without mincing words, yeah, that's kind of what's going on here. And that's Grant's job. We're all kind of out of our depth. Like. We are, yeah, I'm going to say that. We are all kind of out of our depth. This guy has existed for longer than Fae society has existed. Uh-huh. And I don't want to tell you that you're not, like, competent or whatever the fuck, because you are a very competent fighter. And I'm always happy to have you along when we do these other things. It's real but rad when you punch things. <laughs> it is real rad when you fucking punch things. But. But. I don't think you are ready for this kind of thing. Okay. Um, Is there so something else I should be doing, then? Stand by well, to order lots of pizza. Well... I can't think of anything, like, off the top of my head, but, uh... Hmm... I've, okay, hold on. No, I've got an idea. Kind of in my head here. Listen. Um, How do you feel about taking a sword blow? <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about, ape. <laughs> Having Alyssa be the wounded. Oh. Yeah, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't want to wish the wounded on anyone. I mean, we have to have a wounded, but I wouldn't wish it on anyone. I wouldn't volunteer anyone to become the wounded. Yeah, that would be, like, an enormously shitty thing to do. Especially to Alyssa. Um, okay, so, we have to get this knife forged to carve his heart out. Um, I don't, I'm not, like, familiar with the process, but it's going down at Steiner's lab, which I'm pretty sure you know how to get into and get to. Like, yep. Um, like, there's big Minotaur dude and a ghost witch and, you know, Gregory. Uh, a scarecrow lady. Okay, so there's a bunch of there's a bunch of people. What do you, what am I doing here? 
they might need an extra set of hands. You can go down there and ask them if they if they if you can help them with anything, even if it is just uh, I don't know holding a fucking flashlight. Like I can't tell you what you can and can't do, and I'm the last person to have good advice on this kind of thing. Okay. Like, if you want, I can toss a question into... Why are you not even in this group chat, I swear? Into this fucking text chat we have and see if Diner or Emery or Magpie or Grant have any ideas. Honestly, you could keep Gregory company because he's going to be fretting. She just kind of shrugs and says, I... Give me anything to do. I I won't complain so long as I'm not sitting on my hands for this. Do you know any first aid? Some. Okay. Well, here's the here's what I think. Might uh. First, I think might be able to do. For me. Gregory can maybe help you help run you through like a crash course on first aid because there's probably going to be a point where we're going to have to ferry somebody who is very grievously injured to Steiner's lab. And if you can be ready to uh, receive a grievously injured person, like you can be ready to like receive injured people get things ready that would probably be enormously helpful in fact maybe i can emory knows a nurse right but yeah um that would probably be enormously helpful if you could you know just be prepared to receive to get somebody injured gregory can probably help you help run you through it uh, more familiar with like how the, everything goes down at the lab. I imagine Steiner's got some medical stuff prepared. I mean, yeah. If you want to go be trauma nurse at Stein, Steiner's lab, I think that would be enormously helpful. I can do that, yeah. Cool, fantastic. And, um, I'm not trying to be patronizing here. I know it kind of sucks to just, like, not have a thing ready for you and the world is ending with this. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. I don't know. I think I would just be mad about it, so... I mean... It's... I, I'll, only, only the tiniest bit. Because, like... Like, I get it. I would die. And I, I would die and make other people die. So I, I get it. And it's nice that you can find a place for me. So I'm going to go be in that place. All right, cool. Take care of yourself, Alyssa. Yeah, you too. Hey, um, looking good, by the way. Glad you got whatever all that shit was sorted out. Oh, Yeah. It's mostly sorted out. I've still got some uh, pieces to pick up, but thanks. And she'll head out. And a couple minutes after she heads out, 
all three of you get a message from Emery saying, By the way, in case it wasn't clear, the two of us are going to arrive last. Everybody else is going to get there first. So if the three of you want to head up early, feel free. I mean, I've taken care of all the stuff I want to take care of. Yeah. I mean, I can always just come back here, so. I'm gonna go a little stir crazy sitting around. If you'd at least like to get, yeah. Uh, I guess I'm in charge of taking everybody up there. Yep. Oh boy, I hope I don't fuck this up. No, I, I'm not gonna ask for a roll for this one because narratively, it's just horseshit if you don't roll perfect. <laughs> Thank you. I really, mostly because, and I feel like I should have instigated a rule about this, like, at the word go. The fact that you can teleport somebody somewhere and then if you know them well enough, you could just teleport straight to them and pick them up and try again. It's like, I, I should have ruled against you being allowed to do that. So like, <laughs> at this point, like, what? You roll a seven and Grant ends up in Honolulu. You can just fucking teleport to Grant and then keep rolling until you try again. Like, shrug. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, like, unless something time-sensitive is going on, it's not, I guess, a terribly interesting thing to have happen. Yeah. I think the idea, like, the way it's written is just mostly like a, you get there, but you are all split up kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I will not ask you for a roll for this teleport. Once the three of you are ready, you can all gather up and go. So the three of you show up in the little hotel room, I guess motel room, because it is a motel rather than a proper hotel. The little motel room that the SoCal cell was uh, booked into the last time you were up here. You all can have a moment where you relive the memories of fucking worrying sick about Magpie and Emery what their fates were down in the tunnel before one of you eventually went out to go try and retrieve them. And as you file out of the room, you actually run into Alex in the halls between all of the rooms. It's been a while. Not as... Yeah. Not as long as the last in between, but still a little bit. What the fuck happened to you? <laughs> My man, he found a great youth regiment, uh, like coconut yeah, no water and fucking quinoa. kitten. We found the legendary Pe fountain of youth. Uh, turns out it was in SoCal. <laughs> So, you know, I just been in long enough that I forgot about this, so... <laughs> um... It's a whole thing. Uh, and then he, like, holds up a hand, uh, you know what, save it, if it's a whole thing, because we're gonna have, like, a big 
meeting where everybody talks about everything. Uh, no, Just let me like, think. I can think I get summed up in two sentences, or maybe even one. Um, Alright. I can tell you in four words. Come on, Steiner. The guy we're about to fight has a servant, and the servant doesn't appreciate what he's doing, so we put together a team, which is us, to kill him, and as a part of that, I get magical energy, and that made me young. It's all... That's He's the, the chosen summer. one. I mean, that doesn't explain why I'm younger. I'm getting fed a shitload of mana, basically, and that's... Apparently a side effect of that is youth. <laughs> Steiner just keeps talking. <laughs> well, I, was, I had it one sentence, and then you interjected. It was a long sentence, granted, but it was a sentence. Alex gave you a knowing nod, Roxanne, as you were being admonished about how that doesn't explain anything. Like, yeah, he gets it. That was, in fact, all you needed to be told. By the way, Steiner, Alex looks weird. Like, he still looks like himself. It isn't like he's changed species. He's still the same height, and he still, like, dresses the same and has roughly the same hairstyle. But there's something really off about him, and it takes you a moment to realize that his skin is a weird color. Um, have you been eating properly? You look... <laughs> well, I don't have to say terrible, you just look off. Oh, th this, yeah. Shit. You know, speaking of things you've been living with so long that you just kind of forget they're there. Did you um, play possum so... too long? Did you actually uh, die? Is this an animal situation? <laughs> so, 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 uh, you know about I, animorphs? I failed to play possum one time. We all failed to play possum one time. Uh, and, uh, we all kind of got, uh, almost killed. Just kind of chopped to pieces. And the, the little guy who's with us, Tommy, scruffy little kid, remember him? Yes. Yeah, so... Uh, he's got this pet that we only ever kind of half-believed was there, but it's definitely real. And it gave us blood transfusions. Like, complete blood transfusions. So you're part Deadlands or something? Is that what's happening? Uh, I'm, I'm, part, I'm part, like, rainbow monster. I don't... I don't know. I don't know if it's a Deadlands thing. It feels like a Deadlands thing sometimes. I got Deadlands juice in my veins now. All of us do. Deadlands juice tastes terrible. Welcome to the club. Anyways, um, I'm going out to get beer. Do you all want some? Because we got, we got a we got a text from uh, EP that they're going to be a while. So uh, we're all gathered up out back. If you just want to go hang out. And I drew, drew the short straw, so I'm going to get drinks. I kind of have to get my own beer because I'm pretty sure if I tell you my order, you'll forget it by the time you turn around and forget that I exist. Speaking of things that have definitely gone down since the last time we met. Yes. Yeah, okay. I just kind of accepted your existence, but yeah, you got a new guy? <laughs> No, no, I, uh, no I, brother, I was here last time. He's been here. You just forgot. It, it's, it's how it's a, it it's a whole thing. I, I would, like, no offense, I would explain it to you, but by the time you leave a room with me, 
you have forgotten it, so... Okay, so I actually remember you have a brother. I just can't remember yes. anything. Me. Hi, okay. Cool. So... Listen, just... If I'll... If I'll forget you, then what I actually need to remember is the number. Is it all three of you? Y'all, all all three of you want something to drink? I'll I'll just walk, I'll just go with you. Grant, tell me what you want. I'll remember that. It's beer, beer's fine. Ah. We'll we'll save the hard stuff for when we win. I don't know, like, cider, nothing too hard. I'm giving, I'm giving Grant a look. What? It's like, like I'm a really... Like We're I not said, going down today. Like I said, I'll save the hard hmm. stuff for when we win. Just, just so we're clear, we're not going down today. Like That's you fine. asked, what he asked what you wanted. He said, "Ah, just beer." Yeah. I, I mean, he said he's going out to get beer. It wasn't like I'm going out to get a thirty pack of Bud Lights or anything like that. He was unspecific. Grant could be unspecific. Fair enough. But do you know what I do? I do actually want to just like go with Alex, just because it's been okay. a bit. I catch up with friends. Yeah. All right. No pressing need to be there. So yeah, if uh, the two of you um, down this hall, take a left, and then it's the room at the very end, and everybody's in there. I immediately start looking for like Jack. George because <laughs> I assume they're both standing together okay so Steiner Alex those two will head off we'll rejoin those two if Ape wants to shortly uh, and the Harrison siblings can make their way down to the meeting room and it is probably the biggest room that this little motel has, and everybody is just kind of crammed together, and everybody is slightly different. Well, in some cases, it's a lot more than slightly. Grant, you can immediately recognize Groovy, mm-hmm. and they are still some kind of paint elemental. And... They're posted up next to what looks like a pile of like nuts and bolts and pipes and just hunks of random metal and you can see like bits of circuitry in there in roughly the shape that you remember Ailita having. Right. Sitting next to Groovy. And Roxanne, you are able to find Jack and George. They are, in fact, next to each other. Like, right next to each other. However, Jack isn't quite so himself anymore. Oh, no. He, like, you can realize as you look around the room and recognize, sort of, the rest of Border Cal, doesn't... He has a human shape, but is not made out of human things anymore. At this point, he sort of just seems like he is made purely out of smoke. This is what happens when you vape too much. That's what popcorn one does to you. And he is wrapped around George, who you can see 
also has this sort of rainbow sheen under her skin that tells you she did in fact get a transfusion to match the rest of her team. Yeah. And the rest of Midcal looks pretty much exactly like you recognize them. Melissa is just sitting in the back in a chair playing with a butterfly knife, just kind of spinning it around her hands in a rather impressive display of manual dexterity. Ash is sitting on the floor across from what looks just like a pair of clothes, just like a a white jacket and a white set of pants and a pair of shoes that are upright like there's something inside of them, but nothing actually is. Oh, that's Benny. Roxanne just like snaps her fingers and goes, oh, that's Benny. Okay, got it. Mm -hmm. And Tommy, who again doesn't look quite so scruffy anymore. Like he looks like he's wearing good clothes and he looks like he's eating right. He's, He's still quite young, but he's got some like meat on his bones now and he doesn't have big gross bags under his eyes. Is hanging out with Deja and Bibi. And they too are both different, though not nearly so much as the Border Cal team. Bibi's skin is a slightly different color. Last time they were a kind of shocking teal, but now there's a bit more green to them. They're more green than blue. And Deja... Uh, she had big hair before. She's got bigger hair now. You know what? Good for her. Where previously it was just like this massive mass of snow white dreads is now this like you can tell as you maybe scrutinize her a bit tighter. It's actually been woven into like real tight box braids. Which makes it all the more impressive that despite the fact that it's a tighter weave, it's more voluminous than it was before. It's longer, whereas before it stopped at, like, just below, like, her waist. Now it's all the way down to her feet, and it's definitely, like, bigger volumetrically. And then Abe and Dietrich are talking to each other. Dietrich... Grant, you saw this and uh, was told about this and can see it a bit better now as he's wearing a slightly different set of clothing. He is sort of patchwork. He has patches of him that obviously came from the rest of his team. There's a chunk of him that's just like a collection of metal and wires. It's just kind of loose. There's a part of him that is just like this tight knot of white cloth there's his left foot is smoking slightly and he's dripping a little bit on the floor black ink and abe is kind of a mess of stitches it's very frankenstein's monstery there are just these like rings of like obvious suture scars around his neck, his wrists, his elbows. 
in a way that implies an emergency reassembly. And last but not least, Jean and Jean are, again, just sort of by themselves in the back. And they're weird too. They go frighteningly still for long periods. Like, as you just check everybody out, like, you sort of, like, see them, go look at someone else, and look back to them, they're not moving, and as you scrutinize them, they're definitely not breathing, either. I like to imagine Roxanne is just, like, moving from person to person to person as she goes, just, like, checking on people, saying, oh, hey, hey, how's it going? You look different. But, <laughs> except for John and John. <laughs> just like a little bit far away, just like a hand wave in the general direction. She doesn't even know if they're actually looking this way, but you know what? <laughs> there, there's a very delayed reaction to the hand wave as Squidman Sean just kind of like jerks, like full body, real fast, and then raises a hand to wave at you. Like he was surprised. <laughs> just. Those two kind of freak me out, to be honest. <laughs> like, real happy for them. But Jesus fucking Christ, they give me the heebie jeebies. <laughs> Ghiblies. So, what's everybody going to do? Well, I'm going to actually do what I originally intended to do, is that I was going to uh, just, like, go say hi to George and Jack, just because, like, you know, if they're not too busy with each other's company, I would at least like to like actually have maybe a conversation at length and just be like, check in on my question mark patient to make sure that she's doing <laughs> all right. Yeah, they are definitely not too busy with each other's company. They're not like fucking making out with each other in the middle of this crowded room or anything. Cowards. Right, but Cowards. Like, you know, they probably <laughs> don't, they probably like, you know, haven't had extended periods to see each other since, uh, you know, George got better. So I just, like, don't want to be intrusive. <laughs> no. George looks, like, excited to have you come talk to her. And Jack is a hundred times more inscrutable than he was before. <laughs> I love Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Jack is honestly, like, I love the fact that he's an edgeboard, but he's a fun kind of edgeboard for whatever. I don't think he has many edges. He's a fucking complete 180 in my books. (laughs) Still a nerd, just a completely different kind of nerd. (laughs) But no, George is very happy to see you. She winds up having to talk for Jack. Apparently his situation doesn't make for much verbalization, but they've figured out how to talk to each other so she can act as the go-between. Uh, you know, I just, uh, I don't even have, like, anything prepared. It's just, like, I want to make small talk with some people that I, that I like being around. Yeah, absolutely. How about Grant? You uh, are the new guy. Yeah. Although, when you enter the room, like, you know, everybody like looks at the two of you as you first walk in, and there's varying levels of, like, waving and greeting. 
but you're a stranger in the room. But you recognize recognition in Melissa's face. Oh, uh, I'll go over to Melissa. I'm like, what's my name? One moment. She reaches into her back pocket, pulls out a small notepad. Flip, 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 flip. Grant Harrison, yes. Oh my god, you remember me. Kind of. Kind of. You at least recognize me enough to get my name. Yes. It's odd. I more remember you by proxy. I remember that Emery told me that there were now five primary members, counting themselves, and I remember that Roxanne has a brother, and I remember that I met that brother. And there is a resemblance here. Okay. Alright, that's that's weird. Yeah, there's a whole sort of thing I had to do. Looks like Yes, I remember being briefed on that. Yeah. Emery did communicate that they would be arriving with somebody who knew us, but we did not, and I asked them to explain. Yeah. Um so but it looks like my group wasn't the only one who had to go through the ringer over the last six months, so to speak. Oh no. To varying degrees, we have all faced our share of tribulations. Uh, yeah. Well, Monster Hunter, while it pays well, not exactly the easiest job in the world. No. But there are those of us for whom nothing else is really suitable. Yeah, I guess. You don't consider yourself among such a group? I mean, it pays the bills, but I really just don't like fighting. To be honest, this is probably the first fight I've looked forward getting into. Because, man, this guy wants to kill seven billion people, and that is, um... Okay, I like at in least my book. five of them. <laughs> that, that's not okay in my book. In fact, that is so not okay, I made myself inscrutable to pretty much the entire planet in order to stop him. So. Oh. If you can manage to find a solution to your inscrutability, and you are still seeking work but non-combat work, I may have a position open for you. I'm looking into it. I've got someone in the Deadlands who's going to help me with it. I've kind of I kinda of found a way around it involving phylacteries in a non-traditional way, uh, but I mean that's it's it's the start of something, but it's not the actual it's not like the full solution, so I don't expect there to ever be a full solution, but maybe, you know suture over the wound sort of thing yes so Steiner yeah but uh you and Alex load up into a nice little station wagon and are driving off it's gonna be a bit of a drive to get to the nearest corner store what all you talking about so then 
get brought to what is literally heaven. Well, not literally. I, I don't know. It's sort of an in-between of the Feywilds and the Deadlands. And anyway, it's where this where the guy it's where this guy lives. Oh. And I get this whole explanation. Like, alright, so we've done so many calculations on how to make this not happen. And in all of them, you are the deciding factor. So you are the chosen one. And then I got just I got the sort of crown thing, which I'm not going to do right now because if we do it in the car, you will be blind, it will crash, and that's not great. But I will show you later because it is kind of cool. I do. It, it, I will admit, I will admit that it is cool. Um, well, shit. Oh, I did die once, I think, but apparently I'm. I have like a number of chances or something. I'm not quite sure on how this works exactly. I'm significantly harder to kill in any case. I mean, I'm glad to hear that. Yes, I was too. It, um... <sighs> can imagine my surprise when it happened, but, um... <laughs> uh, let's see, then there was a whole thing with an island and fish people, and... It sounds like everyone's been through some shit. Oh, yeah, um... Yeah, basically all of my team, except for GM, because she was posted up at home, got, uh, got carved up, hearts got torn out, all of our arteries got, like, either torn out or cut out. Yeah, basically almost all of us died, myself included. Well, it seems like you did. Yeah, well, um, weird little ink dogs. What are you gonna do? Hey. I mean, it's a... Uh, he's a real friendly little critter. Once you uh, get used to it climbing around on the walls and dripping everywhere. So what, um... I mean, I know this is a dangerous job by nature, but what finally got you? So the quickest way to put it is a hornet samurai? Interesting. Yeah. Deadlands thing, Hobbs, but it, it was an insect creature, but it was, you know, had like armor and a fighting style styled like a samurai. The damn thing was just this like directionless killing machine. And we pulled up and it turned out to be too much for, well, not all of us because we were a little split up at the time, but it fucking killed us, and it was too fast for my little trick, so uh, I just right about dropped dead. How did you end up, you know, beating it? Well, this, uh, this blood transfusion makes us all a little bit better at everything. Hmm. I'm faster, I'm stronger, I'm, uh, I don't want to say I'm smarter, but I can think faster. I'm stupid faster. <laughs> and, um... I, I can... I can do my possum trick better. Huh. So, ups and downs, I guess. Yeah, ups and downs. 
it uh it hurt and i was very convinced i was dead and it still feels weird like i can feel my blood i can't seem to get used to it hmm but i'm otherwise pretty okay i'm not like mad about it or anything I don't think I would mind if I was this way for the rest of my life. Hmm. So, we fought this thing called the Vetch. Well, we call it the Vetch. Um, it was a weird one. It was a Deadlands creature, but it, like, but it, it ate. So that's interesting. Um, the big thing, though, is that it had, like, it had claws that could just went through anything, no matter what it was. So that was a problem in itself. We dealt with it by, um... when we blew it up. <laughs> and then we just beat the crap out of it while it was stunned. But then there was a whole thing where there was, like, another monster piggybacking on it. And that was an entire thing. Um, let's see. I made um, a sword out of it. <laughs> I don't want to spill the beans about this story. That's going to be a cool reveal later. <laughs> um, it's a surprise tool for later. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, apparently there was enough... There was an event incident where there was enough magical energy to manifest an incarnation of... I don't know how well... You keep up on the internet, Lord, because I didn't really know too much about this. But this is something called the Slender Man, and it's like a no shit. Yeah, so apparently there were um, a mana league, and it just manifested in the form of that. So that was wow. Yes. Um, let's see. Told you about the uh, the fish people who took over an island, and then. The last one, this was a weird one. Uh, does the name Silas Cutler mean anything to you? Oh, have I? Shit, yeah, I've heard that name. Well, good news, he's dead. Okay, yeah, um... Boss Lady had us, uh... told us all about that one. So we sort of ran into him by accident while dealing with another one. Uh, he, he was here, in California. Yes, apparently he was doing lots of nasty little experiments. But again, he's dead now. It's nice fucking work. Now, do you know the Riverside Bridge monster? I've heard that one, yeah. That, that little weirdo cryptid. Okay, so apparently he was... Apparently not him directly... Directly, well, it's a whole thing. He had like a little chain of command of other wizards, but that's he was turning people into those. Okay. Mm -hmm. We solved a lot of missing persons cases. Uh, I think that's um. Oh, there was a ghost train. That was a weird one too. And that's well not. Actually, now that I think about it, that was one of the less weird ones. That was fairly straightforward. There was a ghost train, it had attendants, we beat them up, the ghost train stopped. 
The two of you have definitely gotten to the liquor store by now, by the way. Yeah. A long, strange trip it's been. Yeah. If you had told me ten years ago that this is where we, not just me, but the two of us would end up, I'd have kissed you square on the mouth. Uh, alright. Not, not, not like... I don't follow that, but I'll just accept it. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a Turner phrase. I've not heard that one, but alright. Uh, Ape, do you want to keep this one going, or do we want to reconvene? Uh, we can, like, screen wipe, and, like, as Alex is, you know, telling me his weird stories, his weird yeah. hunts, like, eventually we do get back to the main group. With mm-hmm. beer. With beer. Everybody gets beer, except for child. the child. The well, actual even child. Even the child. <laughs> no, the child gets root beer. The most delicious beer of all. Also, Deja's like 17. Maybe 18. So. I mean, good Christ, we're about to go we're about to go, like, potentially, like, we might die. Give the kid a beer. <laughs> Not the nine-year-old. <laughs> Abe looks real conflicted about letting his fucking teenage daughter drink, but the entire rest of his team, like, gets on his nuts about it, and he agrees, <laughs> okay, fine. One. And I do mean the entire rest of his team, Jean and Jean, both do get up to harangue him about it. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. This podcast does not support underage drinking. I feel <laughs> like we should stress that. I don't support underage drinking unless it is in the company of an adult. Don't tell us about it if you do. We don't want to know that <laughs> shit. Plausible deniability is the motto here. <laughs> and Deja takes one sip of it and just gets this like real nasty look on her face and hands it off to, to fucking Ash to drink it for her. I just like comment. That's why I drink cider. <laughs> At least cider tastes fucking good. I like some ciders. I like a lot of different beers. I don't like IPAs so much. I have to hunt and pack. I have to find IPAs that I like. They are vanishingly like a handful that I like of IPAs. Getting off track now. (laughs) So, just the whole California conglomerate can hang out for a while. I'll express various. What the fuck happened to use? (laughs) Yeah, swap stories. Talk about your situations. I hope there is like just like a moment where somebody actually tells Melissa that we killed Silas Cutler. <laughs> I would imagine that Alex does convey that. Is there a high five? <laughs> she just looks satisfied. He died days. afraid and in pain, if that means anything. <laughs> she looks pleased to hear it. <laughs> Put a sword right through his head. 
There is a point where you get a text from Magpie saying that the two of them are going to be about 30 minutes late. So it's around like 8pm when the two of them finally show up. And Magpie is not wearing her glamour and she looks like she's about 25. And I hand her a beer. (laughs) (laughs) And she just immediately goes over to hang out with Deja and Bibi, who both just look kind of flabbergasted at her whole everything. And there's fucking cusses radiating throughout the entire room as BB expresses his many and varied opinions about this situation. And Steiner, Emery kind of like tugs on the sleeve of your shirt and like tilts their head and like, I, I talk to you for a sec? Hello? Hey, um, so... Uh, assuming we both make it out the other side of this, uh, when this is all over, uh, I think I'd like to switch over to the, the 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 jacket idea that you had. See, this is—I told you. God, I mean, I you know, I—that did sound rude, but. Look, look, I I feel like it's going to be a good idea for this, for this fight that we're going to get into, but, I mean, they're kind of in the way. Right, alright. No, I can understand, I I understand your trepidation about a jacket being removable during this fight, but, yeah, we can work on that. I'd appreciate it. (sighs) Ah. Have a beer. Sit down. Let's decompress as much as we can. (laughs) Well, you aren't allowed to decompress very much because as soon as the final two have settled in, Melissa stands up and... Everybody? Since we want to get in and do this tomorrow, we should get this briefing done now. Yeah, let's go for it. I'm all ears. I don't say that. I'm just like I am. I mean, all ears. I think we're the ones who are supposed to talk because this is like kind of. God, I show. hope not. <laughs> so there, there's a little bit of just like like start of meeting formalities. It's just like greeting everybody, saying it's nice to see everybody. It's nice to have everybody back here. Nice to see that everybody made it to the end of the year, and then. Melissa hands the floor over to Emery, since they are the one who is leading the cell who has been in the middle of most of this. And Emery explains the situation to everybody, explains the weakness and the state on getting the weakness finished out, all of the information that your team has gathered on Adel and their capabilities, the idea that there's probably going to be some like outside support, and just gets everybody on the same page as you guys. And after they are done explaining it, 
Melissa asks the room if anybody else has anything pressing about the situation to offer, any additional intelligence, and the only one who raises a hand is BB. <gasps> Weird little buggy fey person. And they get up, and without any cussing at all, they convey to the group that they have spent a lot of their downtime sitting up on that hill, just getting a feel for what's down there. And they tell you that they didn't understand most of it. But the one thing that they can convey is that there's three people down there and they are just fighting each other constantly hmm. and have been for almost this entire time I wonder if BB was ever there when I was there I mean they did see those fragments of you get ripped out they were there during the initial confrontation Right, but I have gone to visit Adel several times. Ah. Well, Coincidentally, they just lined up on the times BB had to be somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, if they were ever there, they don't mention a fourth individual showing up. Okay. Yeah, no, I corroborate that and say that, no, I've... I had to curry a favor... Which, uh, with the Pale Rider, which involved, uh, basically visiting and keeping, uh, them company. And I can corroborate that there are three people down there. Two, the two fragments of myself and, uh, the Pale Rider. Everybody is using Adel's name now, by the way. Emery has oh, said okay. that. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, no, I just call him Adel. Okay. So then, with all of the intel shared, discussion then turns to what everybody is bringing to the table in the coming fight. And here's what this is going to translate to, to you players. And we'll get to you players talking about, like, what you're bringing to the table to the NPCs, but, see, the way I like to do the fights, the way I've been liking to do the fights, is, you know, I have my players take the turns, and then I have the NPCs take a turn. And we have the good NPCs and the bad NPCs, but I like to have everybody act. However, there's like... 15? 14 NPCs in the room right now, and they're all coming in with you. So... I could just, like, bring everything to a screeching halt and give 14 people individual turns. That seems a little bit unwieldy. So instead, here is our second new mechanic of the endgame. The NPC boons. During the good NPC turn, which takes place before the bad NPC turn, you all designate one of the NPCs who is going to grant you a boon. You then roll plus cool, because helping people is cool, 
and depending on your result, you spend a number of charges. Everybody gets two charges, except for the three cell leaders, who each get three. And if you get a 10+, plus, you spend one charge and you get their boon. If you get a 7 and 9, same thing, but you also take a harm. And with a 6-, minus, you either have to spend two charges to get the boon, or you don't get the boon. And the boons include things like Abe can fix the unstable condition. Just done. Because he explains to all of you that there was a point where he kind of got hacked to pieces and had to sew himself back up. And he's good at that now. So he'll just make it happen. Uh, perhaps most of note is Jean and Jean. Uh, they wind up telling all of you they're both dead. They were killed, and they are now possessing their own bodies. I figured it was something like that, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna be honest, I actually did figure it was something like that, too. <laughs> and so because of that, they have an intimate connection with the aspect of death. And so they... You know, Adel's sword has the aspect of death about it, and so wounds taken from the sword will have the aspect of death about it. Roxanne can fix that, because she knows death magic. Jean and Jean can also fix that. But only twice. Other things include, you know... The George negates a hit. Yeah, some of them are, like, really powerful, like, on their face. George having some kind of draconic shape-shifting magic to her can just, like, take a hit. Just no damage to you. Dietrich can deal eight damage. Just done. Just, just deals eight damage. Mm-hmm. Dietrich is a gun. <laughs> Benny can double damage on a melee attack. Hey, question. Mm-hmm. Does it have to be one of ours? Yes. <sighs> you know what I was asking. So you, were, you were going to try and <laughs> double Dietrich's eight, ha- hit, eight harm hit to do 16 harm, weren't you? <laughs> I'm afraid not. Uh, and then there are some, like, smaller things. You know, Deja will give you plus one to resist a status effect. BB can give you plus one to act under pressure because they are a sensor. They can know shit is coming. One of the... And then the two of the... I'm not going to go through all of them. We'll cover them again as they come up. But the last two of particular interest, Melissa, with her weird transforming weapons, knows things about weapons. So she can give your weapons tags just for one turn, and all of these boons only last a single turn. If you want it, you can invoke her boon, and she will put a tag of your choice on your weapon. And then the other particularly weird one is Tommy, who says that he's trained Buddy to be really nice and friendly and cooperate with everybody. So what that means is, is if you pick Tommy's boon, you get a monstrous attack. Hmm. And you get to pick the monstrous attack as monstrous attacks are picked. 
So for instance, Roxanne's ignore armor life drain move. That kind of thing. Neat. And, of course, as you can see at the last little bit of text there, you all might get called in to be a boon to somebody else. So I don't need your answers right now. But I need to know what your boons are going to be for the NPCs to call on before we get into the fight. I think I already know what mine is. Snake. <laughs> I transform into a snake. Okay, thank you. <laughs> no! I, I needed to see the snake. It's an incredible morale boost. I feel good about myself now. It's I'm a really fight cool snake. <laughs> so, with that briefing done, and, you know, I, I will gloss over you all explaining what your boons are. The discussion then moves on to the other elements of the fight. Everybody knows what the weakness is and what the score is on the final knife. So, eventually, when there's a couple moments of silence and everybody can tell that everybody is thinking it and nobody wants to say it. Melissa's the one who speaks up and says, so, who's taking the hit? I raise my hand for a second just to point something out. I don't believe you're able to take this one. I was told you can't occupy two roles. Right. I wanted to point that out. I can't be any of the three of us. I point to, you know, myself, Grant, and Steiner. I wanted to say that I have a... that I have a trauma nurse, well, a... someone who is learning first aid at the very least, set up to receive anybody that, who is hurt, just to make that clear. If, if anybody is worried about their life being in danger, it will be dangerous, but I wanted to put anybody's mind at ease if they are worried about taking a hit for the cause. We've gone through significant steps to ensure that we can repair this kind of damage quickly. Yes, but my understanding is that you must continue to occupy the role until the foraging is done, and perhaps beyond. So a full recovery will not be possible. It is infeasible. Whoever takes the hit will need to remain wounded until such time as we are done. It doesn't seem like this is a volunteer situation. This seems like this is a whoever gets it's tagged whoever first. Whoever gets hit first, yeah. Dietrich scratches at his beard and leans in. I think part of what we need to think about is who can't be the one who takes the hit. Or who, and also who shouldn't be. I think it goes without saying that my entire team is bereft of blood besides myself. So it can't be any of them. Double J there. Seeing as they are dead might preclude them from this as well. Abe nods at that. <sighs> yeah, they're, um... I, I wouldn't chance it on them. They're in a bit of a weird state. And then Dietrich pipes up again. I 
feel rather uncomfortable having Tommy be the one who would take this hit. Jesus. Would. Yeah, no, I don't want that. Yes. George has already gone through this. I don't feel like they need to go through it again. George shrugs and looks a little bit, like, almost, like, humorously offended at the statement. Like, yeah, I've been through it once. I can do it again. I know I can survive it. Hell, maybe it should be me. I know I can live through it. Bad point. And then A braces a hand again. Also, and, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but... I feel, and he's looking at BB as he says this, I feel like you probably couldn't take it. And BB just kind of like scrubs at their face. Fucking. Yeah, I know. And it's shit that I, that it couldn't be me, but I'm pretty sure I'll die. I am kind of fragile so sorry everybody but I'm gonna be extra fucking useless on this one everybody's got their part to play okay it's not gonna do you any good to talk like that they just kind of shrug and shake their head look off at the blank spot on the wall and then Melissa nods to herself alright so, it looks like we have ten people who can be the ones who take it. Whoever it is, when it happens, do what you can to get them into the middle. I think putting them in the back will be inadvisable against a teleporter. So, get them into the middle of the crowd. Roxanne, as soon as you can, get them out of here. Got it. And then there's, a, you know, 10, 15 seconds of silence where it's like the floor is open for anything to voice anything. So players, if you have anything to say right now, now's a good shot. Should I bring up the fact that the DAGA is probably to come, coming to help us? I think we covered back. Did we? I think I mentioned. It, it was, but not in detail because... Grant's the one who actually knows what's up. Okay. Uh, Grant will stand up and go. Alright, so, uh, we mentioned backup, so I figured it should be fair to mention who this backup is going to be. The Everyone first... just kind of, like, turns like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> Where did you come well, I've from? Been, I've been here the whole time. They, don't, they wouldn't forget me until they leave the room. Yeah. Essentially. They haven't lost you. So, the first bit of backup, the one that everyone here would probably be relatively okay with, is I belong to an ancient order of monster hunters who originate in China, and some of their members will be coming over here. Uh, the person I have contacted who is getting the members has assured me that the people that we are getting will mostly defer to our collected knowledge and hopefully help us more than hinder us um so there's that and here comes the big one that everyone's probably going to yell at me about 
the DHEA is coming to help us. There is, in fact, just like several people get up out of their chairs and, you know, there's there's a collection of like shouting at you, what the fuck are you thinking? There's some, Jesus, what the fuck? Why would you ever do this? Fuck, newbie. Notably, all three of the cell leaders, besides Nemery, they all keep their seats and are just looking at you in in a way that you can't quite read. Okay. I wait for the general hubbub to calm down and I go, are we finished? Can I explain myself now? There's a lot of people glaring at you, but no one's hollering. Okay. I know most of us in the room do not like the DHEA. I myself am not a fan of the DHEA. Seven billion lives are on the line. So you know what? I'm willing to smile and play nice and get as many guns as we can get down there with us in order to help. And if it means having to deal with the people who regularly try to shoot us every other job, you know what? I think that's a rather small price to pay for seven billion lives. You can all get along for a day. There are still some people who are obviously hostile to the idea, but everybody's head snaps into a turn when Melissa speaks up. He's actually correct. I've had probably more run-ins with these people than anybody else in this room. Probably more than many people in this room put together. A lot of them are nationalists, for lack of a nicer way to put it, but most of them know better. And it is another resource. And I think we need all the resources we can get down there. So, well done, Grant Harrison. Play nice today so you can fight them tomorrow. Also, the person who... I managed to get this help from has a good head on her shoulders she'll know who to tell and who not to tell and she will trust the people that she tells will know who to tell and who not to tell so don't expect anyone who has a personal grudge against you to be going down there because that would be counterintuitive to what we are trying to accomplish there's some grumbling, but everybody kind of deflates, and nobody else says a word about it. Well, the bit of the bad news out of the way, uh, I have goodies for everyone. And oh I yeah, I also like, have little goodies. suitcases I brought with, suitcases I brought with me, and just start handing these out. So I've had a large surplus of mana, and I've converted it into healing magic. Uh, and placed it into a convenient dispenser. It works sort of like an EpiPen. You press the dis... You just kind of press this down into your skin. It's... I, I just go out and explain it. I have the charges yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that. So everybody gets two. Um, it's not a whole lot, but it's better than nothing. I will pull out, like, the bins that I put the uh, paintballs in 
and I'll explain those, and then I will also uh, explain the cheap sunglasses that I made to see the swords. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. You get a couple people who, like, kind of look confused or unsure about how they're going to make that happen. Jean the Squidman uh, doesn't have a face that will play nice with those, and, like, Benny doesn't have a face. We'll, we'll tape it onto his, the side of his head, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody looks pretty excited about the goodies. Right. That all said, um, I feel like we haven't gone over our particular rules. Everyone else went over theirs. I said that we glossed over what the boons would be, but if there's like specific things you want to hit on. Yeah. So, um, just to get this out of the way, apparently I will be the one going toe-to-toe -to -toe with him for the most part. Uh, I've been uh, nudged into this position by what I have referred to as the Steward of Heaven, which is not completely inaccurate. And I have been trained to do this by uh, what you would call angels. Yeah, literal angel. Uh, apparently, as much as I dislike the idea of being manipulated like this, we've been sort of played like a chess game, and this is the best shot we have at victory, so... <sighs> it's my job in all of this to face down the big man himself, and I will be using this, and then draw the sword, which is... Possibly the only blade on earth that can match Adel's. So, as I said before, forces beyond ours have been nudging us into position. And this is the best chance we possibly have, so take some solace in that. We only have one shot, but it's the best shot possible. Everybody looks thoughtful at that and then Dietrich kind of puts his sunglasses on top of his head and he is exactly the kind of guy who's been wearing sunglasses the entire time even though it's past sundown <laughs> <laughs> he leans forward a bit looks you dead in the eye I hope you understand that we're not all just gonna cower behind you did not mean to imply that, but... Good. Even if you are chosen by heaven, we all want to take our pound of flesh out of this guy. I'll be it for me to stop you. Hmm. If there comes a point where you have to strike some final blow of destiny, push me out of the way. But, till then... You'll be fighting with us, not around us. Hmm. I understand. <clears throat> uh, point of business I'm, I guess, curious on. How are we divvying up these knives? 
it doesn't make much sense for me to some for one person to have them all so i was curious if we have like a plan for that well first and foremost i think if you have a knife that's yours Roxanne fucking shrugs. <laughs> Everybody kind of like folds their arms, and you know there, there's various like assumptions of contemplative poses, and it's Melissa who speaks up. My thought on the situation is that those will be the things that our opponent is looking out for more than anything else. So, those will be the things that he is most trying to get away from, which means that we need individuals who are fast enough to match his evasion, which I think just means you, Doctor. Yes, specific training. And I think until the point comes where you are ready to use them, they should stay in whatever little private container you have them in. Because, needless to say, if they were strapped to our belts, someone that fast could take them. And the last thing we need is to have to run the length of the San Andreas Fault to recover one of them. I feel like what's going on is that they're still back in the lab and until we have all ten of them they're gonna stay there and Roxanne will just bring them with her when she comes back I've had the thought that they were in Roxanne's hammer space the whole time yeah that was actually what I was going to say I figured Roxanne would be keeping them in her hammer space is well actually no if that was a vulnerable thing you know Crystal Boy would have said hey don't keep them there yeah she was, in fact, specifically told that Adel can't reach in there and pull them out. These are things I don't remember. It's fine. I'm fine to remind you. I vaguely recall that happening, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, Everybody get a good night's sleep because tomorrow we have to go kick a god's ass. Yes, everybody. We'll call it here. Everybody get 80 hours of sleep. Wake up bright and early, and eat a good breakfast. The best that we can get around here. Probably won't be great, but do your best. I'm sorry I won't be able to offer you the last meals that you deserve, but hopefully they won't be. I'm sorry that we won't be able to get the Weedy sponsorship for this. <laughs> and if nobody, if none of my players have anything else to say, the meeting will break. All four teams go back to their rooms. The SoCal cell is back in their SoCal room. It is the same room that you were in before, and it's maybe a little bit distressing for some of you. Oh, you know, there is actually one thing that I like. I make sure that, like, the leaders of the cell know, but it's not, like, super important that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. I'm just... I just, uh make it clear that I do have I have a plan to uh, try and remove the two Roxanne pieces one mm-hmm. through Parlay, hopefully and the other through um, 
I have something being set up. Obviously, I don't expect anybody to stay their hand for any reason or another, but I just wanted to be clear what I'm doing so it's not a surprise to anybody. I don't want anyone dying for this. They all communicate that they understand and will leave it to you for as long as they can. But if it comes down to taking it out of your hands or letting somebody die, they're taking it out of your hands. Understandable. And I wouldn't expect anything else. So y'all can bed down. Does anybody want to talk to your other team members before you go to bed? You know, there was a lot less yelling than I was expecting when I said the DHEA would come into play. I was expecting at least something to be thrown at me. I'm just, yeah, was just... Well, the, um... Probably because the, the folks in charge were willing to hear you out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also, I don't think that, you know... I... There's limited ways that they could screw this up. Yeah. Like, I, they can't I, capture this. They can't capture it. I know, That's Ashley, hard. and there's no way she's going to try and capture this thing. Maybe I'm the one that's going to say it. That's going to say this. It, let's not jinx it. <laughs> hey, did we ever, like, um figure out the counter for his whole words of heaven thing. I've been working on it. Roxanne, having a counter argument ready to go. No, Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> I am rubber, you are glue. In extremely divine speech, Uno reverse. <laughs> ah. Power word, you man. <laughs> all right, all right. So, next day rolls around. Everybody has the best breakfast they can possibly get in the middle of fucking nowhere, which isn't great, but you're all not like going into the battle hungry or anything. And you all load up into the various cars and drive as close to the hill as you possibly can and get out and walk the rest of the way. And as you crest onto the portion of the foothills where you entered the fault line previously, there are seven people just kind of hanging out there. And Grant, you recognize definitely one of them, probably two of them, instantly. Ashley and Zachary Arias. Ashley and Zachary Arias. She says, we've been sitting out here all night. What the fuck? Why didn't you say anything? (laughs) So all seven of them turn to you and, you know, Roxanne Steiner, you recognize Ashley, and you can see the family resemblance enough that you can figure that's probably Ashley's dad, who you know is kind of a big deal in the DHEA, but the other five people are just complete unknowns to all of you. 
Yeah, the, the resemblance is there. It's mostly, it's definitely in, like, the nose. Yeah. But, um, everybody just, like, immediately gets tense. Because everybody here definitely recognizes Zachary Arius, the head of the DHEA, is standing on the hill. Um... You know, I, I feel like you wouldn't do this, but also I feel like you would, but... Can I read a bad situation? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, that's a uh, sharp, correct? Sharp, yeah. Yep. You think after two fucking years I would have this down? <laughs> a nine. I got a nine. You can ask one. Anything dangerous we haven't noticed? Like... <laughs> I feel like I spent enough time around Ashley that even government agent that she is, I would know if she was like doing something sneaky. So like I look at Ashley to see what her face looks like. So she is the only one on the hill except for maybe you three player characters who is just relaxed about the situation. then you know what? I feel like if Ashley is relaxed, then I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah, no, like, Grant is not going to show any sort of, like, fear. He's just being like, hey, what's up? Look, I trust Ashley. I don't trust Ashley's dad not to, like, force her to go along with something. And if that was happening, I feel like it would be apparent. Hey, Colin, I hate to ask you to pull double duty, but guess what? Oh, yeah, no, I'm, it's fine. It's fair. I was I was planning on being uh, Zachary anyway. Okay, so uh, Zachary speaks first, and Colin, your direction is... Uh, he wasn't entirely briefed about what's happening. Zachary sort of looks over the entire Raven situation, and immediately hones in on Melissa and goes, Whitman? Director Arius. What's the situation? My daughter has been exceptionally tight-lipped. Ashley flinches at daughter. Yeah. Well, the situation is that we have an apocalypse scenario. Sitting under our feet right now is... An exceptionally powerful A-side individual, the oldest A-side individual, who, in less than 100 hours, will break free of shackles that have held them for just over five millennia, and will begin a crusade against the human race. And we are quite confident that if allowed to escape, they will be successful. He thinks for a minute and turns around and says, No capture. Kill order granted. And then turns back around and says, What sort of forces are you bringing aside from what's behind you? Well, we are expecting some... And at that moment, Grant, your cell phone rings. <laughs> Can't make it. We're gonna have to reschedule. <laughs> and Aries kind of glares at uh at Grant. Um, and Grant goes like, "Hold on a second. Just like pulls out and uh, answers. Hello. Yes. Hello. 
Grant Harrison. Yes. This is Quartermaster Guang Kong. Are you in a position where you can etch some runes into the ground? Uh, I am, yes. And he gives you some instruction while Melissa turns back to Zachary. I believe the rest of our backup is about to arrive. Very well. Not exactly thrilled to be working with this particular group, but if what you say is true, it is better to swallow my pride and work with the vigil with you vigilantes than to allow the entire world to be doomed. And then, Grant, you finish and you step back and everybody here who has magical sense can feel the thrum of mana that spins up and then coalesces in the middle of the circle of runes that Grant was instructed to draw. And then in pops two people. One, all of my players recognize, it's Lei. Oh boy! It's He looks exactly like himself. Sup, anime St- rival kid? <laughs> He's still completely inappropriately dressed for the situation in like black leather pants and a short jacket. He's got his fucking sunshine yellow dyed hair. I was fucking muted, but I said hi, Gilgamesh. Um, <laughs> no, Roxanne does actually say hi, Lei. Just because, like, they've met before. They have. You have met before. He questioned you briefly and, like, covertly threatened your life if you didn't convince him you weren't actively using death magic, so he definitely remembers you. I definitely lied to him. He did. <laughs> he did. And then the other is one only recognized by Grant, and it is the man who just called you Quartermaster Guang Kong. He is kind of short. He's older looking. Um, he is, I guess I want to, I would call it like fit fat. He's like the, the bodybuilder body build, build. Yeah. Not, not the like ripped kind of thing but he's like he's pudgy but in that way that you can tell he's just got like muscle under there like a quarterback yeah that one dude um from full metal alchemist who is the husband of yes that guy exactly izumi's husband what is his name does he have a name he definitely has a name that i don't know it's Sig. Sig Curtis. Just look up that Sig gif of Curtis. him and um, fucking... Armstrong. Armstrong. Flexing, like, at, each flexing each at each other. That's There you go. <laughs> yes, he's exactly like that. Although he, he isn't quite so austere looking either. He has a kind of... Like, despite the situation, he has a kind of like relaxed joviality to his face and his posture. And Grant very visibly bows to him and does not bow at all to Lay. <laughs> Lay doesn't expect you to. <laughs> and like Arius kind of looks over and he's like, two. Two. Okay. Just expecting a bit more, but. 
We will have to make do. Visibly resisting the urge to say, you brought seven people, I don't think you can talk. <laughs> oh no, I just imagine, I can just imagine like, when when asked, what did you bring? He just goes this and then spreads his arms and then all of a sudden like a 15 helicopters just rise out of the ground. No, 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 no. What happens is after saying that, Ashley turns to him and says, well, director, we have found that it is good tactics when facing a single, exceptionally powerful individual to not attempt to use numbers. That the presence of those who cannot positively contribute is in fact a detriment to us, which is why it is such exceptional fortune that we decided here and now would be an excellent time to conduct a training exercise with our upcoming headliners. She says, turning to the five individuals who are sitting around <laughs> and they are a bit of a mixed bag. Some of them are like quite normal looking, you know, there's a dude with like short black hair that's slicked back and he's got glasses on. There's another slightly older guy, dark skin, who's got his hair in a like real tight ponytail. There's a pair of women, one of whom has a flamethrower like on the ground next to her. Ah, it's Rachel Green. And uh, and another who is like decked out in tons of pouches and has like decals on her that convey medicine. Oh, that's the life health character. <laughs> and then there's the fifth guy who you know how in all of the movies where there's like the ragtag ensemble group of soldiers, there's like one guy who like is the the crazy one and he's always got like the bandana with the skull decal on it. Yeah. Yeah, th there's one of those guys. All right. And you are all introduced to everybody. You are given the names of John Dalton, Kaleem Hood, Jordan Johnson, female Jordan, Brianna Church, and Alessandro Riley, who corrects Ashley to call him ghastly. Everyone groans at his shit. Arius just looks at him and is just shakes, like almost non-visibly just shakes his head about this. This is the state that the headliners have gotten into. Oh my God. Well, no, he's, he's exceptionally eccentric, but he deserves to be here. I know that's still not going to stop Arius from going fucking this guy, really. <laughs> And if you all will look back to the NPC Boons handout, you will see that below all of the Ravens Boons, hey. we now have tables hey. for the five headliners and Lei and Kong. Wide. Wide. <laughs> There's a meaning for me saying wide in all caps. I'll tell you that right now. It'll hurt everybody. If you invoke that, you will have to roll to get out of the way. <laughs> ah, I see that Lei has learned something other than Thunderbolt. Well, no, it's still just Thunderbolt. Um, this is Gigavolt. It's a different spell. It's, ah. it's a level up of Thunder spell. Thunder <laughs> Okay, okay. 
Thundaja. So, with everybody now up to speed, Malicia speaks up. So, if we're all ready, we are burning daylight. To be clear, I said less than 100 hours. It is... She checks a watch on her wrist. Presently 56. It is 8 p.m. on the 21st. So, uh, we should get moving now so as not to risk running out the clock. And Arius the Elder nods at Melissa, turns to his little team, seems to signal them in some way that you all can't quite comprehend, some kind of government hand sign nonsense, and specifically pulls Ashley away to consult with. They have a brief exchange out of earshot, and she returns and gets her team saddled up and ready to move while he makes a call. And then zooming over the hill and dune buggies comes all of the lost Estrellas. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. With, with everybody now settled, understanding the situation and ready to roll, the... Raven's team is the one who leads the way to the entry point, and Melissa nods over at Groovy, who walks over and just stretches their hand out, and in the process of stretching, his hand turns jet black, and they wipe it across the ground, and a hole down into the fault line is created for you all to get down into. Everybody gets down in their own ways. I'm not going to roll and have one of you crack your heads on the way down. Be dumb. Grant dies. The world is doomed. (laughs) And you all begin your walk down the tunnel. And now that you're down there, Roxanne, you had to be shown it before, but it's visible to everybody. Now, the bindings. Everything has a layer of white light over it that stretches all the way in both directions. And there are sigils in the light. It's it's sort of a flat pane that has sigils inside of it, and It is highly patchwork at this point. You can walk for yards and yards between sigils. And as you reach the end, reach the head of the worm, all three are out in plain view. Adel is standing, feet on the ground. Just as you last left them, Roxanne. Staring at the wall, watching the bindings come undone. And the other two Roxannes, the red one is leaned up against the Great Worm. And as you all approach, turns to look at you all 
and you can read excitement on her face. And the blue one is sitting on the ground. And she looks hesitant, and she's looking at you, Roxanne. I don't have it just yet, but... I flash her a confident grin. And as you all pull up, you are now close enough to see. Roxanne, you already knew this, but I don't know if you ever conveyed it to the others. Last time you were here, Adol only had a right arm. Now they have both arms. I would have conveyed it. I don't see any reason why I wouldn't have. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. And without even looking away from the wall, Steiner Adel just holds out a hand in your direction, palm up. I am super on my guard, but I make my way over there and I give him the box. He doesn't take a swing at you or anything. Takes it, looks at the outside, turns it over in his hands, then clicks open the top, and you all hear sound and don't understand any of it. It's not true speech. It's something else entirely. Ah, hi, Faye. But some sort of sound is being played out of the box at Adel, and he's stone-faced throughout the length of it before the sound stops, and he clicks it shut, and he just sort of holds it out in front of him, and the box vanishes. We'll never know what that was about. And then again, without turning to look away from the wall. You know, when I first came here, did not have any malice towards your kind. You were a poison, a disease to the one that I cared for above all others. And you do not hate diseases. It is irrational. However, I have had nothing to do but sit here for the last 5,100 and 25 years but watch you watch you all butcher each other first in the name of gods that never existed and then in the name of making your food taste better and then in the name of national lines that only exist in your heads and even into today 
over the acquisition of resources, the expenditure of which will render your planet a burning husk. And I have watched you all scheme to strip each other of life and love and agency. I have watched you all exploit each other for all manner of gain and pleasure. And I am no longer so dispassionate. And above all, I cannot help but feel disappointed. You have all had thousands of years to fix yourselves, and at every turn, you choose to become the worst possible things you could be. And so, I can only believe that all worlds will be glad of your disappearance. That the poisons that you have put into my people will take time to bleed out, but it will make them better. <sighs> and with none am I more disappointed than you. And now he finally turns to look at all of you. Not just the three of you, but the entirety of the group. You all have known that I am here for six months. And what have you done with your time? You have fought and died, been butchered and maimed and transformed into things that don't even remotely resemble your old selves. Is that what humans call wisdom? You are made to answer to your loved ones, to your parents, to your friends, to your lovers. Will they agree that you made the correct decision to spend your final months the way you did? Will your children believe you when you say that you did the right thing? And you three in particular. One of you I gave a second chance at life so that you could spend it correctly and here you are. I cannot convey my disappointment. But even now, I grant you the opportunity to spend your final hours correctly. You have 55 hours remaining until I begin. Any who choose to spend them correctly 
will be allowed to leave. Show me your backs. You will not receive my sword for 55 more hours. Grant puts on his mask, pulls out his sword and his wand. I want to say, like, the entire time Adel was making that speech, Sanders is rolling his eyes. Ayutan, I will give you that humanity has quite a few faults. Be that as it may, we're not going to lie down and die. And nobody else turns around to walk out either. So... Adel is left with nothing but abject disappointment on their face that nobody is making the correct decision. I want to note that Roxanne just like doesn't even like respond to all of this because anything that needed to be said between the two of them has already been said. Hmm. Well then. Suppose that is your answer. I am curious. This little battalion you've raised up against me. You believe this will be sufficient? We don't, honestly. We don't know what would be sufficient. We're not going to just stand here and let you do it. If our positions were reversed in that hypothetical situation, would you truly just let yourself be killed? Were our situations reversed, I would have spent my time correctly. Hmm. That is an irreconcilable difference between the two of us, because our belief the best use of our time is to scrape out any meager, even any hope, even the meagerest of hope that we might see another day, another day to live with our loved ones. That is the difference between us. I see. Hope. Well, would you change your mind if I destroyed your hope? Might falter, but I would... Honestly, I'd come at you harder. Grant, you get honestly out of your mouth, and then your brand lights the fuck up. It is agony. And Adel's eyes slide over to you. I do not require input from one who continues to suckle at my teat while he squares up against me. Turn back to look at Adel. But I believe if that I had nothing to fight for, no skin in this game, I still wouldn't let you do this because I know even there are truly awful people out there. 
I can't deny that. But there are also good people, kind people, who are just trying to do the best they can with what they have. And I can't let you stop that. The intractable hope of humankind. Well. I suppose I will need to begin dismantling that. The offer stands. If at any point any of you would like to leave, you may. And... I believe that I can make my point clearer. It is your hope that keeps you here. Your hope is found in your numbers and your preparation. Then all I need to do is make you outnumbered and unprepared. And Roxanne and Steiner, those last three words are in true speech. Dicks. And all of you feel it happen. The air, the space in the tunnel bends and collapses in on itself and twists and bows. And then the tunnel is suddenly filled with angels. And all of them are of the same sort of abstract, colorful, representative nature of Yellboy and casual and post-its. There are ones that look quite biblical, just collections of wings wrapped around a flaming orb. Some of them look like massive three-dimensional snowflakes. Some of them look like odd amalgamations of bird parts, like there is the idea of a bird here. One of them appears to be a set of hands twisted about each other to make a sword, the blade of which is just a jet of flame that comes out of two of the palms and it it floats there unoccupied one of them it just looks like a hole opens up in the roof of the cavern and light spills out from it and you are all outnumbered ten to one And there are three in particular standing opposite to you, Roxanne. The only three in particular that you recognize. Oh, man. That's why they weren't in the handout. Oh, weird. I'll have to fix that later. (laughs) I'll admit it. You fucking played me. So now with 
100, 200. Angels suddenly in the room. Nobody looks sure of themselves. How do you, how do all of you feel? Not what you do, but how do you all feel? I feel like Steiner is like scared because, oh shit, there's a lot of angels. And also he's kind of like kicking himself because, oh yeah, this dude made angels. No fucking duh. <laughs> Should have seen this one coming. <laughs> You're smarter than this. How did you get caught off guard? Grant feels scared. But you know what? He told Tifu Ho you'll see him on January 4th. So, outnumbered 10 to 1. Squares his shoulders. Glad he saved up all those charges on his wand. About to get to work. Roxanne, how do you feel right now? Roxanne is angry. Not like angry in a I should have seen this coming kind of way or angry in a should have been more prepared way, but an angry and a I'm so fucking sick of this guy way. Like, it really doesn't matter. It has to be done either way. It could be 10, it could be 20, it could be 100, and it can be 1. It has to happen either way. And really, I'm just fucking sick of this asshole at this point. three of you pissed off scared not leaving straighten your spines back up after the initial shock and everybody else in the room does too nobody leaves and then Steiner you have that little like warning feeling in the back of your head and then Roxanne, a hand, like, claps you on the shoulder, and stepping out from behind you is Cam. And Adel just kind of looks confused. I didn't make that one. What the hell? As Cam walks by, I pat him on the back. And Cam starts undoing his cufflinks just real casually looking at them not looking at anything and then Adel speaks up and who are you supposed to be? Cam doesn't even look up from his cufflinks starts undoing the buttons on his bright white outer coat I'm um well uh, I'm version 3 I guess one way to put it. Uh, I'm humanity's hope made flesh. I'm a patchwork monster. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the guy what made me, and he shrugs out of his jacket and loosens his tie. 
and says in true speak, I am Chimerism, who knows flame. Fuck him up, Chimerism. <laughs> and it regards Cam. And their face transforms from like stony to interested to like you can read impressed on their face so you are what notcher has come up with i will never stop being impressed project comes to perfection in two ways so what is your purpose here chimerism I can see myself in you. Are you the one who will fight me? Cam just kind of, you know, throws his coat on the ground, holds up his hands. No, no, no. Absolutely not. I, I am you in a very real way, but I'm worse than you in just about every single way. It's like, what's the point of that? Having a strictly inferior copy fight you? What am I gonna do? I'm gonna die. Just, ain't no point in that. No, 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 no. Um, what I am here to do, though, is, uh, and you all can feel space starting to bend about you, and Cam says in true speech, give these guys their hope back. And there is another bend and twist and snap of space, and Dozens more individuals flood into the room. And they are also angels, but they are the second type of angels. The ones that bad news and emergency are. They are, for the most part, more humanoid. Many of them have arm, torso, leg, head configurations, but most of them have a unified color scheme of dark gray and red and blue and gold. There is some of them monstrous. There is one with a more feminine body as opposed to all of the highly androgynous figures, but with a great wolf head. One of them appears to be a vulture stacked on top of a plague doctor, but with a flaming mane. That one's my favorite. One of them appears to be a man on a dais that is held up by just this writhing mass of flesh and arms. One of them has a great golden curved horn sticking out of their head and four arms and a cape and a glow with their midsection. And a quick turn of the room, you all can see now that you have not evened the numbers. But now you are fighting two to one. Much more favorable odds. Imagine being one of the DHEA guys and just having absolutely no context for this. (laughs) And in keeping with the appearance of these second generation angels, Roxanne, you find yourself flanked by the other two of your coterie. Bad news on your left, emergency on your right, 
And each of them reach out, real discreetly, real quick. Just give your hands a quick squeeze. Nice. I'm very happy to see them. And Adel looks around at all of these new forces. And Steiner and Roxanne, you can understand when Adel says in true speech, All of you leave. And none of them do. And then his face cracks into a kind of manic, bloodthirsty smile for just a minute before he tamps down on it and goes placid again. And then he looks at Cam and he looks at all of you. And he leans back into the air and sits reclined, floating and motions with a hand and says, Well, I believe you all are short on time. And that is where we're calling it. You know, I... You know, I said it before, and I'll say it again, but a lot of these just r- remind me super strongly of, like, this looks like fucking concept art for, like, Warframe shit. And I mean that in a good way. The witch set. The 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 New Angels, the counterforce. Because, mm. like, the... It's especially just like the gold motif is very like strong is very like reminiscent of uh like the Orican in Warframe who were like this. I don't know if you ever played Warframe, but they were like the I have not. They were like humanity at its height controlling, you know, the origin system Earth at all. And they had like this very strong motif of like swords and gold and it's never it's not none it's this stylized but it's very like similar in a lot of ways hmm. so you all didn't think you would just be uh, jumping into this guy immediately did you oh god no i figured you had something i kind of hope okay. though there was there was there was a wish so uh, welcome to phase one of the final boss fight. Here's how this works. You are all outnumbered two to one, which means that each of you needs to kill two of the angels. So, between now and next session, and ideally as soon as fucking possible, so I have more time to think about it, each of you needs to pick two of the angels that you will be fighting. And I will stat them out extra special just for you. I feel like I can't not pick one of the, like, you know, the three. Oh, they're going to be their own problem. Okay. Okay. I gotta fight the hand sword thing. 
<laughs> I gotta. It's too on the nose. I gotta fight the hand sword. Uh, I <laughs> All right. I. I don't need your answers right now if you don't have them, but. Uh, and of- you know, saying, just saying one of them uh, will make no sense to the listener. Yeah. So just tell me after the. Okay. I'll, I'll give recording. you the two based on like column and row that I want to yeah. fight. Please. You described the hand sword. Yeah. So, everybody needs to defeat two angels each. You will be fighting them solo. You will not be backing each other up, so keep that in mind. Though you will have all of your NPC boons to help you out. And then once everybody is done, once all three of you are done, I will be timing everybody else to the three of you. Then you will move on to phase two. And who the fuck knows what I have planned for phase two? Well, I hope you do. I'm sure it'll be wacky. <laughs> Get hype. Get excited. All right. So did we conclude the current mystery? <laughs> no. All right. Um, do actually want to say, hey, Colin. Uh, yeah. I've been meaning to like do this. I just keep forgetting. You got a Patreon, right? Yes, but I don't even remember like what the thing is. <sighs> Does that it, still exist? Uh, it might not. It might be <laughs> so gone that like, and nobody's donated to it that it's just doesn't exist anymore. They don't delete Patreons, but, but yeah. Okay, but yeah. Oh, like hey. Fix figure it out. out. Figure it out. Put a fucking shout out. If you like the show, and I know we've got new listeners, what do you say? The last listener count was like 600 or something? Something like that. Yeah. If you like the show, throw Colin's Patreon a dollar. He'll put a link into something somewhere. Yeah. It'll be easy, accessible. Just throw yeah, it in the show. Money goes back into the show. So. It, it, yeah. Straight up. It, if we had any money, it would be like paying for hosting costs, upgrading equipment. Yeah. Paying uh, me more paying, to edit. Paying Cat better for editing. Throw a dollar in our guitar case. We stopped and made you listen. That's the rule. You got to give us a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but. I'm excited. That was a good session. It was a whole lot of talking and basically no rolling. We got a whole lot of dramatic shit hinted at and explicitly done. Some character building. I like that we got to visit with all of the other California Ravens again. Man, they've been through some shit. And... Um, hmm? I'm just glad that, uh... Just glad to have fun. Yeah. I'm glad you guys had fun. Folks at home, I hope you had fun as well. And I hope you'll be here for the next one. Welcome to the end game. It's gonna be a fucking ride. Yay! Hooray!